Welcome to episode 187 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. No, you're not. <laughs> you're lying. You're right. <laughs> I have something very sad that I need to announce to the podcast of the past five years. My oh, name you, is don't not... have, you, you don't have to say it's okay. Are you sure? Because you, you, feel, you feel pretty jaded already. No, I can keep a secret. <laughs> <laughs> don't go back and listen to episodes one through yes. four or whatever <laughs> to know Cameron's real name. Yes, for now, I'm Cameron Dexter. <laughs> and as... And as you can hear, uh, because this is Starcross, because it is the uh, the three part finale of Justice League and a uh, pretty critical episode in all of the DCAU, we had to bring on an incredibly special guest. So welcome James Strecker of the Watchtower Database to Tim Woo! Talk. Yay, Kermit the Frog Arms. Uh, we, we should have prepared and had like a, a soundboard set up. <laughs> the, we, the, like the sorry. Parks and Rec, the douche <laughs> stuff going on, a bunch of farts and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah but no like so you know we we've got a chance to to know james of the last few years because we're all playing in the uh the dcau space but this is your your first time on the show uh so james you know because it's your first time on why don't you give us a little bit of instruction of like who you are what you do over at watchtower database and uh you know what why you love the dcau so much I'm just some piece of shit that likes the DCAU a lot. Oh, no, can I cuss? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, can't, I was trying to remember, like, have I heard them cuss before? All, before? all of the goddamn okay. time. Uh, okay. Yes. Fuck yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I, I run the Watchtower Database uh, YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash Watchtower Database. That's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, I've tried to change that to DCAU Watchtower because all of our social media is DCAU Watchtower uh, and people get confused sometimes. But don't get confused. <laughs> I'm helping you not get confused by saying all of this. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, well, I've, we've had you guys on our channel a couple of times for different uh, panels and, and discussions and things like that. Uh, I, I, tr I try to get you guys in on as much as I can because I want people aware of this podcast because it's fun and I listen to it in the shower oh. naked all the time. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I edit in the shower naked, so that's very convenient. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. yeah. But as we know, Batman doesn't believe in coincidence. That's <laughs> uh, so that was, I think that's uh, the universe trying to tell us something, Chris. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. How, I don't have a lot to, to introduce. Um, if, if you enjoy the DC animated universe, all these shows that these guys talk about, and you haven't uh, checked out our stuff, go check it out. We do videos every week. Uh, we're trying to start doing more videos uh, starting pretty soon, like more often uh, and bigger videos and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I just had a kid, so it's a little <laughs> bit difficult when I'm the only editor on the whole channel. I'm trying to make that uh, not the, the case also. <laughs> not the baby part, the editor part. Oh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I, I will say, I listened to your guys discuss this league uh, thing you did with uh, oh, yeah. DCAU Review. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the very start when they introduced Maddie. And they're like, oh, you know, usually we, if we reach out to, or he said, if we reach out, if we're reached out to at Watchtower Database, it's like James that comes on the podcast. So I'm like, I'm happy to, to get my foot wet, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and then you guys all, not you, but DCA review went off about like, oh yeah, you know, we had James on and he's not <laughs> all that. Like 
he, I think he's really full of himself and <laughs> cocky and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, so I wrote down a note for myself, uh, just because I've got a loud personality doesn't mean I'm cocky. Just because I'm the one who actually creates all the videos on the channel does not mean I'm cocky. Just because I'm a drum corps international world champion with the best visual performer award and an individual and ensemble gold medal does not mean I am cocky. So leave me alone. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say that this was just a test run to get Maddie on the pod. But now I realize that this is the headliner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, whenever you guys bring up the like words or not words with friends, uh, <laughs> notes from friends that Maddie is almost like it's on there almost every time because he'll write in for some sort of, you know, oh, in this episode, the timeline actually says this. You guys got the thing wrong. So I started doing that more often on Twitter <laughs> so that you'd bring me up. <laughs> yes. And hey, you you yeah. beat him to the show. So really, who won? I yeah. In the that's end, that's a good point, Maddie. I know you're listening. Yeah, but no. I mean, as regular <laughs> listeners of the show will know, we're we're always making reference to you guys. Usually, when we don't know what we're talking about, which is often. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not here to be like correction guy. Don't like I'm not don't don't sit here talking about the episode going like and then um uh which which green lantern is this one that we're talking about? <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's Arcus Chumick. What did I say? Chumick. <laughs> no, you just said okay. like Arcus and couldn't remember his name, so I, I but Galli you said Gallius something else. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is I all mean, just stupid comic book stuff. It's all good. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say we had you on exclusively to live fact check us, but it yeah. will be a bonus when you do. <laughs> I will. So. I'm, I've mentioned this before we started recording. I'm going to try to let this continue to be Tim Tuck co like with James, not James with Tim Tuck. <laughs> so, so please do your show and I'll be here. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, we're, we're super excited to have you on and particularly for um, this episode, which uh, are these episodes, which I'm, I'm constantly making reference to towards Cameron. I'm like, well, you'll understand when we get to Starcross. Like, well, this doesn't mm -hmm. matter now, but it's going to matter a lot when we get to Starcross. And now we're here finally at Starcross. And uh, so I have to ask, because I know the answer to the question of whether you've seen these or not before, Cameron. So, barring that, what did you think Look, of these episodes? I, there was a lot of hype around these episodes. And there's a lot of reference to these episodes throughout the DCAU. There's a lot of callback to these episodes in Young Justice. I will say I think Starcrossed did it better than the invasion arc of Young Justice. Which is as high of praise really? as I can give an episode. Yeah, that is actually because Young it Justice is. is your baby. So, well, yes. except for Teen, Teen Titans, Titans is my first child. Young Justice is the slightly delayed second child who I also care for deeply, but never as much as the first right. child. But in many ways, is uh, you know maybe the better child, as I say, <laughs> being a younger child. Yeah, I mean the, these episodes were so. fantastic, and I, I will have. When mm -hmm. we when we start diving in, I will have my normal qualms that I've had in every invasion themed episode so far, revolving around Green Lantern and his job, his singular duty to the Green Lantern Corps, <laughs> and how he yeah. fails once again. Uh, but that is, you know, for fifteen minutes from now. Uh, yes, I, I loved these episodes. They were fantastic. Okay, well, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed them. The way you started off made it seem like maybe you were going to be, uh, you know, not super excited. But I'm glad you liked them. I think these are super fun. And then, uh, you know, for you, James, like, uh, you specifically requested these episodes, the ones you want to talk about the most. So why these three amongst all of it uh, were they the ones you want to talk about? 
Well, I mean, I think you get it, Chris. Like, you, you I mean, you, <laughs> you, you. Yeah, what makes this better than Batman in the Basement? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, je- I can't even, I can't possibly come up with an answer. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, Starcross is like, it, it was a big deal when it happened, especially, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't think any of us knew the full scope of what was what they were going to do with the show especially by the end of part three like you know the you spend the first couple parts going like okay this is this is bad but you know the justice league is going to win this is what always happens they're going to punch them just the right way and (laughs) and it'll all be fine yeah uh and then you know i'm not going to say yet because well i know there's plenty of people that listen to this that for some reason haven't watched the episodes they just (laughs) listened to you so i won't like spoil yet what happened we'll get there but you know, by the end, you're left going like, um, ex- uh, what? What? Uh, is this just? Is it just over now? What, what's going to happen? And when you're like 12 years old, especially <laughs> yeah. watching this as it's airing, like they they had episode guides that would come out, you know, TV guide kind of stuff that would tell you, you know, there's a you know, hot girl turns on the the people on the Justice League. That's basically all we're going to give you because we don't want to tell you what happens mm-hmm. versus some of the other episodes would tell you the entire plot <laughs> in the in the little synopsis. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, the end credits of this, I distinctly remember, was a Justice League Unlimited uh, promotion on Toonami. Like they had like, you know, oh, all this terrible stuff just happened. But look, now there's <laughs> 60 of them only on Toonami. Like all the, <laughs> don't worry. Just, yeah. And so that was in just an immediate relief of like, oh God, thank, thank you. Like I'm, I'm building this horribly crude HTML website uh, as a 12 year old about <laughs> making your <laughs> Justice League. Site. I, this can't possibly be the end. <laughs> oh. No, it was a legit website. <laughs> I had a okay. domain and everything. <laughs> God, that's right. impressive. I, I just but anyway, yeah. It, uh, it, it's, I just looked it up. Uh, so. The finale yeah. Starcrossed happened May of, tw- of 2004, May 24th. Yeah, okay, and so JLU debuted okay. just a month later, just just over a month later, July yes. 2004. Yes. So I didn't realize oh, how close okay. they were. But I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the yeah, yeah that was same. the first time I think at least because I was videotaping every single episode of Justice League as it aired, mm-hmm. and except for Secret Society because for some reason Cartoon Network was like. We're not going to tell you when that one's going to air. <laughs> ha ha, good luck. And then I turned the TV on in the middle of part two and cried. But anyway, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, Starcross had, had the end credits thing. And that was the first time I think that most people like knew Justice League Unlimited was coming. I'm sure there were people that were more internet savvy than me at the time that had known for a while. You know, mm. they could look this stuff up. But it obviously like leaks and social media and all that stuff was not didn't really exist <laughs> in 2004. No. And so, yeah, just seeing that little preview in the credits was like, oh, thank God. Like, it's not it's not over or whatever. That, and it just immediate relief, yeah. That's funny, because I, I remember watching these when they aired as well, because I would have been, yep, 14 at the time. Yeah. Um, and I had forgotten that JLU came so quickly afterwards, or that there was even a... a, a teaser at the end i may not even have seen it because i you know like you i, I recorded all of them so i tivoed all of mm-hmm. them and i would you know sit down literally on saturday mornings you know and actually uh, and watch the yeah. episodes and i remember these just blowing my mind 
because as we'll get into it, like it goes to some pretty unexpected places mm-hmm. um, throughout the course of the episode. I'm like this is crazy, and I, I don't remember feeling like that anxiety of it being a cliffhanger because it's not really a cliffhanger, but it's cert- it ends you know, succinctly. Yeah. But it, you kind of feel like if it ended there, there would be so much more to tell. And I don't remember what you know whether Justice League was coming or or Unlimited was coming or not. Um, but I mean, it is like a fantastic finale and uh two of my favorite moments in all of the dcau happen in these three episodes watching ventriloquist Mm -hmm. puppet die again (laughs) (laughs) which is inexplicably already in the back yeah I like to think that Alfred's just making spares in the background so he can keep that yeah I think all the things on display are replicas because he knows how often Bruce breaks things and so there's like a closet behind that's another true. clock somewhere else in the in, the, in Wayne Manor. That, that's yeah. just yeah, the, the storage area, of the real yeah. props. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's you know in the comics there's always the sub bat cave which has you know more vehicles and more you know suits and gadgets and stuff like that. But then DCU, it's just a closet yeah, it's, full it's of the villain U haul. Yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always running its exhaust into the bat cave. That's why you can't stay there too long. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred's passed out in there a few times. It's, yeah. it's not a good environment for him. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, so why don't we uh, let's go ahead and get into the, like the actual meat of the episodes here? So just kind of quick set of what's happening. So the uh, the first episode opens in a mysterious alien attack ship opens fire on a meeting of the world leaders, uh, and the league are quickly overpowered by the ship and fail to halt its relentless descent. But they're saved by an armada of an entirely different alien species. Um, and they're shocked to realize that they're piloted by hot girls people, the Thanagarians, who claim they're there to help build a massive shield generator to protect the Earth from the Thanagarians' sworn enemy, the Gordanians. Uh, but is that their true intention? And more importantly, where do hot girls' loyalties actually lie? Oh, my God. So um, that's kind of where we start things off. Now, the more important question is, did anyone really believe <coughs> the Thanagarians were there to help from the very beginning? No. I mean, this is actually a big point that I wrote down to talk about, or not a big point forever to talk about, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, something that I noted was, like, that, uh, having watched this for the, the th- billionth time, uh, this flew by. The plot, like, just goes, yeah. like, so quick. Like, less than halfway through the first part, Batman's like, I think we've been set up. Like, they just know already and and I I was watching it thinking like oh man like I swear to God this this they took longer to figure it out before like it felt felt like it was so much extra time but I think you're right that like it seems so predictable that the Thanagarians can't possibly be there for good reasons that they they know that the people watching are smart and are gonna figure that out so they go ahead and just go yeah they're the, they're the bad guys just just okay now we can get on with the rest of the plot we don't need to make this a a mystery yeah. or whatever. You, like. you don't believe us? We're going to show his face, and it's very scarred now. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> yeah, very exactly. scarred. He's clearly a bad guy. They're, they're, yeah. they're pulling from the James Bond catalog mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. You know, villain scarred faces. Now, like, so, Cameron, what did you know about these going in? Uh, the constant reminder that you gave me that the Thanagarians are about to invade. <laughs> I never, I'm pretty sure I didn't say invade. No, I'm pretty sure you used the word multiple <laughs> times. I, 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 I'm calling you out on that i don't think so i'm pretty sure i've been a little more tactful than that but okay so you, you didn't know either by my accidentally telling you or maybe through just that these have been out for 20 years yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and the fact that it has existed um yeah i 
I wanted to believe them. I wanted to like go in with fresh eyes, but you stole that opportunity from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> the true villain of the podcast, Chris Lord. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I, I had never heard of a Gordanian before. So I was just like, what? What, Mr. Teen Titans? You've never heard of the Gordanians? They capture Starfire. They're the big lizard aliens that, that capture are, are Starfire. Are they the racist ones? Okay. <laughs> sure, oh, okay. yes. From, from Blackfire. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. James, I'm already so glad you're here. <laughs> and whatever the origin, yeah, the origin episode where they show Starfire being captured and then brought to Earth and stuff. That's it's yeah, the same. Yeah, it's, it's season one, episode yeah. three. It's Blackfire. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about like season five, like showing them get together. Oh, oh, for the first okay. Time. Yes, yeah, when yeah. she doesn't speak English and she yes. makes out with Robin, so she can absorb his yes. English skills. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> now we got that cleared. <laughs> so you, you didn't know who the or you've forgotten who the Gordanians were. So like, did you? Yes. Did you? expect them to be the villains when they first showed up or you're already kind of like at the very beginning like mm, i think these hawk people might be a little bit suspicious well i i was told that these hawk people should be a little suspicious <laughs> so uh, my brain immediately told me they it quit were. answering the same question Chris. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i didn't trust them from the beginning mm-hmm. uh and you know like i said this when when they arrive it is it is just the invasion plot from young justice which i can't because it is just this plot uh we're here to help you I've, and don't be afraid and we've got a bunch of cool yeah, stuff we're here Look, we're we can, here to make yeah. you guys better yeah yeah uh and i i feel like because of that young justice robbed my opportunity of pitching a longer version of this because yeah you bring <laughs> yeah. up that the entire <laughs> plot is is in the first 10 minutes yeah uh whereas young justice stretches it out it's 12 episodes of the invasion plot Mm-hmm. Of of just when we see the reach, like not even counting beforehand with the Zeta stuff, with the Zeta tube stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, be specific. Yeah, <laughs> not sorry, the Zeta not, project. Not Zeta project stuff. <laughs> I, I was like, uh, what? What did I miss? <laughs> yeah, so it it felt incredibly rushed coming in from that perspective. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of I kind of enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed that it was so succinct and it it did even fit the characters of Batman would immediately be questionable because he's questioned every alien that's come to earth. You know, he was questioning Superman for the longest time. So of course he's going to question the Thanagarians. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause they, they do have um, like a, a very small trail of breadcrumbs. that kind of lead the very beginning. I mean, to be fair, even just the massive armada that shows up is like, maybe not the best way to show up and be like, Hey, we're here to help. But also we brought this massive attack ship and like hundreds upon hundreds of fighters, but no big deal. You know, it's it's a lot of little things like uh, you know, Martian Manhunter can't read their minds. You know, and then certainly when Batman discovers that the the corpses of the Gordanians on the ship were already frozen, that's a pretty good sign. Um, but you know, they, they don't really waste time getting into it. And then I feel like normally you would expect the big cliffhanger of the first episode to be the reveal that oh, the Thanagarians are actually evil. And I think it's smart that they tackle that pretty quickly because I think it's pretty transparent where things are going to go. And that they leave the first cliffhanger on, you know, the reveal that in that moment, Hawkgirl doesn't appear to be on their side anymore. Because they kind of tease that all the way through. They let that be the emotional mystery of the episode, which also comes with, you know, an actual thing we care about. We care about Hawkgirl. She's been part of the team. Also, her relationship with John. Like, that's what we're actually invested in more so than this invasion. So I thought that was a smart way to kind of 
wrap up this first episode with a, a nice little button on the end. Um, but that being said, like the 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 trail that leads through this one is super fun. Um, did you guys catch uh, who Batman is disguised as when he goes and sneaks onto the ship? Yes. Well, I, I've I mean I've been trivia buffed up on this whole show for <laughs> decades, but I'm interested to see if Cameron caught it. Yeah, I Cameron, do you know no, who he's dressed up not. as? No. <laughs> it's the it's the sixty uh, six George Lazenby. No. <laughs> it's the six sixty six Alfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, oh, is that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the great I, Alan I Napier. Thought he looked like a yeah. cool Alfred. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's the sixties Alfred. So he yeah, even kind that, of impersonates like I'm. I'm sorry. I seem to have gotten separated from my group or whatever as he's getting yeah. interrogated, caught in the hallway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he even brings some of that sort of like uh, like casual, slightly befuddled nature that Alfred had in the sixties yeah. show into the moment. But yeah, I mean, Batman quickly figures out like, oh yeah, these guys are here for some other reason, although we don't know yet what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean like that, there's not a lot of like major plot developments in here. I think the big thing is the other reveal, which is that not only has Hawkgirl been a, a spy this entire time hiding out on earth, but she's engaged to the Thanagarian commander, Hro Talik, which that I bet you didn't see coming Cameron. <laughs> I did not. Ah! I thought that John was only mad because she now outranked him technically in military standards. <laughs> yeah, we can't I did have look that. it up for that joke. I did ample research for that single joke. That I'm lieutenant impressed. is like a, ha- a step and a half above sergeant. Is that is what, what John Stewart got to? I don't even know. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sergeant Stewart. Ah. Nice. But technically, there is no lieutenant class in the Marines, so well. But it is there really even hold a, up? Is there really a, a translation between Thanagarian military and human military? Do we know what so, it is? Here's, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. Oh no, I never mind. <laughs> I, I honestly, I spent 15 minutes doing research for that single joke, and it didn't even land as well as I wanted. Really? <laughs> hey, I laughed at it. Thank you. So uh, two weeks ago, when we were talking about the relationship between John and Shire at the end of Wild Cards, like you kind of felt like that hadn't been super well developed. So going into this and now that they're like properly in conflict with each other, were you emotionally invested in that relationship at all? Did you think that they did a nice little touch at the beginning kind of reinforcing that? Or how would you how did you feel about them going into this? I, I did. I, I, I did feel a little bit more like solid with their relationship by this point. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the turning point and is incredibly uncomfortable as it was, but also I want a full episode of this is when John leaves the room and Batman, Martian Manhunter and flash <laughs> try and be the, like yep. the comforting squad. Yes. Yeah, that, the most mysterious I, creatures in the universe. <laughs> women. Yeah. That's one of my favorite lines of the whole show. Because <laughs> a question I, I wanted to pose, but I'm just going to pitch my quick idea of like, what would you do as an epilogue for Justice League? And I want John to be on a dating show hosted by Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's... I don't know if he would, if Bruce Wayne would even agree to that. <laughs> like, you want he me would to do, do it. What? He would do it for his friend, but the oh, problem would be every contestant would just fall for Bruce instead of John. <laughs> they, abs- they absolutely would, and he would have horrible advice to give. Like, well, that sucks, man. Sorry. 
It's like, I, I don't know why they're attracted to me. I can't see it. Yeah, my, I think the bet, like, Batman's line is great, but then Jean just coming out of nowhere and putting his hand on his shoulder, like, I know what it's like to blow. And you just, like, you see him visibly, like, like, <laughs> come on, like, leave me alone. <laughs> and the fact that the Flash hasn't caught on yet, everyone else <laughs> yeah. has figured out, and he hasn't. Yeah. There's a lot of good, yeah. subtle like subtleties to the facial expressions and emotions and stuff in this particular episode Mm -hmm. that I like even having watched this a billion times, I found my eyes going to the same spots that I used to look at as a kid. So I was trying to like, okay, look at er other areas of the screen. Like, you know, what's going on in the main stuff. So there's stuff like that, that I don't think I'd caught before like green lantern, like sighing whenever they're talking to him, like leave me alone kind of thing. But later on when obviously we'll get to, these other scenes but when they're talking about when they're finally like revealing their identities to each other the you, you know flash and wonder woman are having like a very mildly flirtatious little like oh red hair hmm kind of thing and then batman goes like change now and throws clothes at her and you can see him like eyeing her out of the corner of his <laughs> eye like fuck off stop talking to flash <laughs> you're my girlfriend kind of. like fuck i don't know how i'm gonna look as a redhead i don't know if i can pull this off yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know if i can do this yet. <laughs> okay i guess i have to <laughs> Get the bat die out when I get I'm home. surprised Batman didn't hand Flash a hat as part of his costume just to yeah. try and cover that up. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been good. You're going to have to shave your head, Wally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to blend in. <laughs> but yeah, I, I love that little like pep talk moment because it, it, there's yeah. a lot of great, especially in these three episodes, there's a lot of great little little character moments in there. But even right at the very beginning when they're patrolling around this like world leader summit thing, that sweet little moment where like Green Lantern swoops by to just give Hawkgirl a kiss and fly off. And that's mm. the most like lighthearted and loving we've ever seen John ever. Like even in mm-hmm. his interactions with Shair, it's been more, you know, like flirtatious than like really sweet and sincere. Like that's him, I think, at the softest, like the, the kindest we've ever seen. And I think they finally the- like broke broke the seal on yeah. <laughs> quite literally on their relationship. So they can they can publicly do this, I guess. Is more, like that's kind, of, and then, but then we only get like two minutes of that before. <laughs> like, yeah, just kidding. Right. Yeah, they, they forgot that their mics were on the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right, and that's how everyone learned. Uh-huh. Yeah, we, we don't get a lot of it, but I think it was just enough. Like if you just jumped into this episode, maybe you had missed some of the ones prior. You'd understand, like, okay, they're in a relationship, and yeah. you know, John really actually cares about her. So then, when he finds out that she's engaged to someone else, like, oh yeah, that's a that's a rough thing to have to go through. Yeah, to learn that you were the side piece all along. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of like the question he has to the whole thing. It's like, did this actually mean anything to you? Or is this just, you know, like a, a quick distraction? And, and we're not even really certain through pretty much the entirety of these three episodes who Hawker is truly aligned with. Because I don't know if she even knows. And especially this first episode, like her people are back. She's obviously happy to see them. But this has been her home and her new family for five years, which I'd forgotten that she had been there that long. Yeah, well, the I mean, obviously, we get into a bunch of timeline stuff on Watchtower Database. And so mm-hmm. whenever whenever the stuff like that gets mentioned, you know, that we're scurrying to make notes about it and stuff. And the, the five years thing is essentially equates to her having come to Earth during the time between 
Batman the Animated Series and the new Batman Adventures. Okay. So <clears throat> sometime in this like in the like lost years time, you know, where Robin quits and becomes Nightwing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we've always like because in the Justice League premiere episode when Hot Girl first shows up and Batman's like Hot Girl, what's she doing here? Like, a, why does Batman know Hot Girl? That kind of thing. We've always had this sort of headcanon of like they did they had some sort of team up or something off screen that we didn't see mm-hmm. um because she's around but and and she knows where the bat cave is apparently so so maybe yeah. so she must yeah. have had some sort of interaction with him uh but we'll never will know that because i'm sure that that's not any sort of priority for anybody working on adventures <laughs> continue or anything like that to, to do so no probably not but i mean it is yeah it does raise some interesting questions on like what what was hawker up to in those those five yeah. years or i guess maybe what probably at this point roughly three years before she joined the justice league like we're supposed to be yeah. What, yeah, yeah about two years into their their team up at this point yes um but I mean, it's interesting because you know clearly she's been taking notes. And Cameron, I figured you must have appreciated this moment when the Thanagarians are prepared to defeat each of the league members with their own specific weakness, totally playing into your your game theory on how to approach the villain takedowns. <laughs> yeah, they're smart. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it it leads to like a whole other question about Thanagarians, especially towards the end of part three, when Superman, Wonder Woman, and GL just crash through every ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they couldn't take down one Gordanian ship. Like, maybe you guys are losing the fight with the Gordanians because you're not outfitting your stuff properly, mm-hmm. and they're just <laughs> using their resources better. Yeah, when they like go, they swing back sh- around and grab the back of the Gordanian ship and it, like, electrifies them. Maybe the Thanagarians should look at that and go, oh, we should do that. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, you can also look at this as, like, because, you know... As we'll get into part two, Gordanians are kind of, at least from my perspective of this, the Gordanians are kind of like on heavy defense while Thanagarians are on heavy offense. Yeah. And so, like, they're more focused on charging in instead of bracing. Yeah. No, I can see that because, I mean, yeah, no, but you make a good point, Chris, that the it's it's kind of, it's the same thing that you see in a lot of Marvel and DC stuff of, like, I, I guess just sci-fi stuff in general. Like um, the the first couple things that come to mind are uh, Superman, Batman, Apocalypse, the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There yeah. is like an army of doomsdays that come out of a boom tube. And there's just normal Amazons, I say in quotations, uh, just taking them down with like one sword hit each versus like the original doomsday, you know, was like, this unstoppable nobody could take it down kind of thing yeah. but because there's a thousand of them there they can't possibly make them all the same level even though they should be that kind of thing like they they, they become fodder because you need fodder for the scene it's the same thing in like aliens <laughs> like the first alien movie one alien took down the entire ship the second one, there's a dozen, 20, 30 aliens, and they're just shooting them with machine guns. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. they, there has to be some sort of balance. So whenever Superman and Wonder Woman go in and just punch ships in, you know, they're just gone immediately. 
It's because we need the moment of like, yeah, the heroes are winning. But if you think about it too hard, it doesn't make any sense. No, <laughs> right. No, it, it doesn't. Yeah. And maybe they just only had like one contingency place for each of them. Like, OK, let's bring a big kryptonite gun for Superman. Right. You know, let's have like a big gravity device for Flash. Um, we'll just take Batman's belt away from him. <laughs> I Yeah, I wonder if there's like a scientist out there that had to design all these ships and he designed this like perfect Batman proof ship. And he's like, I can't wait to send this out. It's like, oh, Batman's not here. Put that back in reserve. <laughs> like, no, but like, yeah. I like it's it's really good, guys. We have to you have to see this. It bounces batterings off like nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so proud. Uh, but going to my like original point at the top of the podcast about like the Green Lantern thing, uh, there isn't a ship to take out GL, and I think that you know does technically play into what a Green Lantern is. And, you know, technically there's no stopping a Green Lantern except, you know, using an nth metal axe to break his ring now. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, like having something for everyone else except GL makes, you know, for me at least, it makes a lot of sense that you you wouldn't plan against him. Well, they did have... Except for love. They did have, like, a... He shoots a beam at them when they're first... When the Hawk people are first starting to show their hands, like, yeah, okay, they figured it out, so just, just attack everybody. And they've all got, mm-hmm. like, they've got a kryptonite gun for Superman. They've got a gravity gun for Flash, all this stuff. There is, like, Green Lantern shoots a beam at a hawk, and it has they have, like, a big shield that absorbs the Green Lantern energy and then shoots, like, a yellow beam back at him. And he tries to stop it, and it just immediately crashes through his thing, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't even notice that. That's, that's the, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, one of the only times that there's, like, a very purposeful, like... The yellow thing. Look, yellow bad for <laughs> in this in this universe. So I, I appreciated that, I guess. Because I, I feel like this universe has a slightly ambiguous relationship with Green Lanterns and the color yellow. Like I feel yeah. like there are times when it's implied that it's weakness, but it's never explicitly stated. Kind of the same way with Jean and Fire. Like in the comics, yeah. that's like his primary weakness. And here, sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Because I, I read the same thing you did there, James. Like, oh, like it's yellow for a reason, even if they haven't said like, oh yeah, this will actually hurt him or not. Yeah, because when they have the cells that the prison cells that they're stick stuck in, and they each have their individual like weakness that's keeping them in the cell or whatever. Superman has red sunlight hanging onto him and Wonder Woman has her like classic like if she's tied up for her lasso mm-hmm. that she can't do anything even though that's never been established here. But uh Jean uh, notably does not have any sort of like fire or anything. He's just in sort of like a handcuff thing. Like there's not, like nobody yeah. even hot girls like i mean sometimes like a car explodes and he doesn't like it very much but i don't know if that means anything <laughs> nobody really knows <laughs> i think he just doesn't have good car insurance yeah <laughs> yeah he's just afraid of salesmen or something i'm not really sure <laughs> i i would love to see hot girls like uh justice league weaknesses diary as she's yeah, gone yeah. through and like worked it out and it's like specifically a circle like okay kryptonite you know like yeah. gravity for flash and she's on martian manor <laughs> just just a scribbling of notes and question marks trying to figure out what can this guy do what can hurt him i don't understand but yeah i mean it's 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 fun to see them the league like properly be on the back foot and get taken out and then yeah. you know like that that first part like i said it ends on that moment of you know they're basically all down except for john and he's face to face with Hawkgirl, and he says, you know, like, whose side are you on? And she says, well, don't you know? And we think she's going to be like, you know, I'm with you guys. Then she just fucking clocks him with the mace. Mm-hmm. I, I actually forgot that they did that. And even I was taken by surprise in that moment. Like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> she's not messing around. 
Yeah, it's a it's a big deal at in the end of part one because you really don't know where it's gonna go from there. Like you know, like okay, I knew the Hawk people were gonna be bad. Now they're bad. But even Hawk Girl is not like, Psst, it's okay. Like I'm just gonna pretend to look bad. Like she act, yeah, she smacks him across the face, and then we're just left with like, okay, well now what? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the all is lost moments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like I, I think that's why they chose to end on the hot girl thing because that's when it really does feel like all is lost. You yeah. think, okay, she's the last one there. Um, and I, I think Cameron, I feel like we talked about this even when we did Secret Origins about how I said like Secret Origins is good, but Starcross does it better. But it can like, be better. <laughs> yeah, because you know the nice thing about this what is if it was a third part. <laughs> right? Yeah, there's always there more. Was. <laughs> oh, there was. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a fourth part. <laughs> you know, because like th- this first episode is basically just laying all the groundwork. It kind of tackles the the initial invasion, and then it leaves room in the second episode for something entirely different, which is the league having to go underground. Like martial law has been, yes. you know, uh, declared across the whole planet. You know, the league has to escape and then go into hiding, and we haven't really seen them have to do that. I mean, maybe a little bit in the Savage Time when they first show up in World War II, but certainly not a whole episode's worth. Um, and I think episode two actually gives us some of the best moments through the whole thing. Like, even the way they escape, I love. I love that it's Wonder Woman that, like, tricks them, tricks the guy into letting her out right at the yes, beginning. Yes, I wrote that down specifically that I love that it was her and not Batman because yeah. you would think it'd be Batman to go like, hmm, I've got the secret code or I've figured out how to hack into the blah, blah, blah. But like Wonder Woman just uses her sexual wit to, to get the hawk dude to come in and be like, uh, like I, I, I have to feed you, so I guess I'll feed you. And then she clocks him and gets out of there and, yeah. then everybody, and frees everybody else. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I'm really happy that that is the way that that ha- that goes down or or even that she you know grabs the uh the guy's knife and you're thinking like yeah. well, she can't cut the lasso it won't <laughs> work but the fact that she spits it at the yeah, wall <laughs> she, she spits yeah. it at the control and you're like you know what that is the sort of random thing that you probably did learn to do in like yeah. amazonian combat training is how to like throw knives with her mouth yeah <laughs> yeah batman doesn't have that kind of neck strength like that's no. just the mascara <laughs> neck strength <laughs> Yeah, they they do tiara throwing competitions, and she just used the same like general uh, <laughs> skill to yeah. just spit a knife at a button <laughs> so she, perfectly. She's got a competitive spirit. She'll take things yeah. to the next level, <laughs> you know. Because I love that she got out first. Because then, of course, once Batman's free, he you know he then frees everyone else, literally with his hands tied behind his back. Yes, <laughs> but the, and that's to be expected. But the fact that it wasn't him kicking things off was, I think, a nice little touch. Um. But I even liked when they, they got everyone free and Superman is still so drained because, you know, he's been kept in a, a, a red sun ray room, basically like a, a red sun tanning booth. Yes. Um, you know, I love that Batman even says, you know, lean on me, which, you when know, you're not strong. Exactly. I always say that every friend. time that he says that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's a literal, you know, moment of like, you know, I'll take your weight like you're so weak. But it also shows that. I just don't know if Batman would do that for everybody, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, think... and when he breaks out the Flash, he, he doesn't, like, for some reason I remember... He kicks him down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> like, the, I, for some reason I remembered he breaking him breaking the Flash out because the Flash says, like, oh, man, it, it feels like I just ran a marathon on Jupiter or something. Like, he's so drained from the gravity thing. Yeah. And then, for some reason, I remembered Batman, like, holding him, like, trying to help him out, but he just says, like... 
fucking come on, dude. Like, <laughs> just, like get, it, get it together. We got to do this. But yeah, then Superman's doing the same thing. And he's like, it's okay, buddy. I'm a pal. <laughs> Let's go. Like, oh, poor baby. Come on, baby. Yeah. Come on. I think he was, I think it was just like his one time he gets to be the weight yeah, for Superman. Mm, he's just yeah. really milking it. Yeah. <laughs> The one time he saved Superman rather than the other exactly. way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like that little moment. And then obviously the, the Thanagarians freak out. But then the, the next scene is one that I remember from this episode. And it's always been one of my favorite moments in all of the DCU, which is when they're in the department store and they realize they have to go underground to hide. Yeah. And the Flash is hesitant to reveal his identity. And Bruce just steps up and goes, Wally West, Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Have you seen, there's a, there's like a meme video that's been floating around for a while. That's just that moment of Flash going like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to, for this whole secret. Like, I trust you guys. And then he, you know, Wally West, Clark Kent, then he pulls back his head and it's just the exact same head. And he goes, Batman. (laughs) (laughs) It's the best thing I've ever seen. Like, I want, I laugh every time. (laughs) That's so good. Because. That that is the exact sort of like weirdly petty preparation that Batman would go into. That he would have like a secondary cowl, another mask under his yeah. mask. Yeah. Uh, there's like a one and a half percent possibility I might have to reveal my cowl at some point. Let's just have a spare one stitched in just in case. Well, he has like there's that Batman episode where the the one like I don't know it's a one off villain that nobody ever remembers that is like you will you have to give me your cowl like that's the that's, oh, that's the, uh, the way is it the cape and cowl the cape yeah. and cowl conspiracy yeah. Yeah, and and Batman's just wearing like a Zorro bandana underneath yes. his mask mm-hmm. to just be like, "Ha, screw you! <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to show you my face, idiot." <laughs> so it would have been kind of funny if he's, like, "Oh yeah, sorry," and yeah, yeah. undo that one also. <laughs> I think isn't that also the same episode where he he's disguised as like the the, the bad guy boss. the entire time, and yeah. so he's mm-hmm. wearing a rubber mask over his bat cowl over. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, that was the same thing with the Alfred thing in this episode. Is like, was he wearing the Alfred costume over his Batman costume? Because I guess he must have been. Yeah. <laughs> then he takes off the rubber mat. How was he hiding the bat ears? Where was the cowl? You know. <laughs> Do we think they're just rubber? Can he just fold yeah, them they just, down? Yeah, <laughs> they're made of cardboard or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there like a clip in the back and he's like, clip them back? Especially think... with how long they are in this show. Like, <laughs> I think he has cowls specifically designed to hide underneath other masks you know yeah, it's, okay. it's kind of like when they're making superhero costumes for movies they're like there's like the hero costume which is the one you see on screen there's one's meant for running the one's meant for underwater or whatever like they're all well but then that's the batman costume that he's in for the rest of this episode because then he escapes yeah. and he's in that one so maybe he yeah. like pulls the art thing back and the ears just fall off and shit i get sorry <laughs> this was the this was the bad cow <laughs> i didn't mean to get stuck with this one these are the classical cow ones i i, I should have picked my crime yeah. fighting typical standard ones <laughs> But yeah, it's I, I don't know. I I love that moment. It's just I love that Batman already knew who the Flash was because of course yeah. he would. And I, I also just love that it, it's also let's call it what it is. It's a bit of a like a big swinging dick moment on Batman's part. Not only that he knows everyone's secret identity, but also like his is the actual one that people are going to care about, and he just you know nonchalantly reveals it with no care in the world. Well, and those are also the only members that he could have said. He could have done that with like yeah. everyone knows Wonder Woman's Diana. Jean is Jean. Green Lantern's John Stewart. Everyone knows that. Like there is no and Hawk Girl's not there. So yeah. He's like those are the only people that he could have actually 
done that. <laughs> they could yeah. have actually used that card with. And I think that he's, it, he chose Clark Kent without consulting him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope this is fine, buddy. If I just tell everybody that you're Clark Kent. Yeah. Tell the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Yeah. I mean, he, he would be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would kind of love a moment of the Flash when like, oh, that makes sense. Like, I've yeah. seen your picture before. And you look kind of familiar. <laughs> I kind of get yeah. it now. Was it like some Batman episode where Harley Quinn is like, Something familiar about you. That chin. Mm-hmm. You're, Bruce, you're Bruce Wayne. Like, yeah. to Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> Not to Batman or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I love that there's even kind of, like, the that callback later on in JLU and the the great, was it Great Brain Robbery when Lex and Flash mm-hmm. swap yeah. places? And, great and Brain both. Yeah. 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 I have no idea who this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who is this? <laughs> like... I, I will say the, the the scene leading up to that scene with them just running through the street and there's kind of like techno music, like like heist kind of music going mm-hmm. on. That that I think is for whatever reason my favorite scene in the whole like series. Like, oh really? I, just love, I I don't know why, but I just love them all basically depowered, like having to like hide behind garbage cans and stuff like that. It's just the most like. Uh, weak they've ever been. I guess the yeah. most like in in hiding and and all this stuff and. Just, I don't know. For, the music's awesome. I listen to that music track all the time. Nice. <laughs> Just, like, I get hyped for stuff for some reason. And But then I, I do hate how it ends with, like, Diana, cover our tracks. She's like, okay, I'll just pull this inconspicuous dumpster in front of a door. Like, no one's going to think, maybe look in there where the dumpster is. <laughs> See, yeah, I thought when she said that, he was, she was going to, like, fix the door that she broke. Nope. Not, <laughs> no, a dumpster in front of it. This is what happens when Batman delegates. <laughs> yeah. This is why he must insist on well, Diana, I saw that you were the one that broke us out. You must actually be smart. Uh, cover our tracks. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Wonder Woman fans. <laughs> She's smart. But I, I do know what you mean, though, James. Like, this is a group that's blatantly conspicuous at everything they do and yeah. everywhere they go. And for them to have to try and blend in. I mean, even to the point where when they're in disguise, like it goes against Wonder Woman's nature to see someone get harassed and bullied yeah. and like attacked. Not do anything. Yeah. You know, to the point where she blows their cover just to, you know, stop some random guy from getting pushed around by a, a, a hawk person. Um, but that, well, that then, also, you know, to not die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, maybe not die. I, I, like like I said, uh, having seen these so many times, I'm I was looking for some like tiny things that I hadn't noticed before or whatever, mm-hmm. or like trying to kind of overanalyze things that I didn't think about before. And I love how, yeah, Wonder Woman they he, they see some punks on the roof throwing rocks at the Hawk people, and the Hawk people shoot the roof, and the kids start falling off. And Wonder Woman like flies over and catches them, and. But the Hawk people, like, barely see that happen. They just see Batman, like, kick them in the back of the head immediately. And they go, it's the Justice League. <laughs> like, it could be anybody. Like, <laughs> yeah. It could be anybody that didn't want to see kids get murdered, you know? <laughs> they just immediately know, oh, that must be the Justice League. There's no possible like, no, way. No, no, no. They, they know Americans. <laughs> they wouldn't help <laughs> yeah, each other. Like yeah, that. that's yeah. true, yeah. I like to think that the Thanagarians like did a load of extra research by you know like intercepting TV broadcasts and stuff like that, and they just saw that child endangerment was such a common thing on yeah. Earth. They're like, oh, this must happen all the time. So what's bad if we do <laughs> yeah, it too? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> did you catch, Chris? You you're you tend to be more knowledgeable about like pop culture stuff in general than me. But oh, wow. that, oh okay, that might be the you, most okay. fighting words you ever could have thrown down. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> 
or Cameron, either way, <laughs> the the TV screen that has like the like televangelist hawk person on it that's like, you know, what is in your best interest is to do what we say and mm-hmm. all this, and all this stuff. Was that supposed to be like a direct reference to a celebrity that already exists on Earth? Because they've thrown in like oh. uh, Johnny Cochran and stuff like that before. Yeah. It just I'd never thought about, you know, was this just a gag or was this supposed to be like an Alex Jones of the time, you know, kind of a thing that they're like referencing? You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know, actually. Like, <laughs> I, I clocked that moment, too, and thought it was a little bit weird, just like a slight tonal shift and a visual yeah. shift, too, from everything else. But I, I kind of had the same thought of like, is this something? But I kind of forgot about it. I mean... I, can't I guess think of just anything. the idea of brainwashing or or TV being controlling or something like that. Yeah. But it, I thought maybe it could have been a specific person. But it, it, if you guys don't know, then maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know. Cameron, <laughs> I, mean, I, I saw it as just like a 1984 reference. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's okay. Probably, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. That's probably the best possible shout there. Um, yeah. yeah. Not that it I know is. pop culture or anything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, if I if it was a Disney thing, I would have gone to you. I'm just saying. <laughs> let's be, let's be realistic. Like Cameron, you do Disney's make far more. Yeah, you, you make far more uh, pop culture references than I do. I just edit most of yours out. That's what James thinks that I know. <laughs> That's fair. Probably. What, yeah. But what I'm talking about. Um, but it's like around this time too that we finally get the realization of what the the Thanagarian's actual plan is, which is to build not a, a shield generator but a hyperspace bypass that allow them to jump behind the Gordanian the defensive lines, but in the process will destroy Earth. Which I thought it was interesting that Hawkgirl didn't know that was the plan. Yeah, I mean, you would think they would have told. I maybe she they already knew that she was like a good enough person that she wasn't going to like she was too I mean there's a lot of misogyny in this episode on the part of Frotalic and yeah. Krager so I would think that maybe they had that kind of like oh she's a woman like there's no way that she would agree yeah, she to won't the question actual... her betrothed yeah no yeah <laughs> so That's true. just to just to let it happen yeah yeah so I don't know I did think that, too, of, like, why did she not know the thing? But I, I, I bet it was something to do with, like, they don't trust that she would actually follow through with the plan. Like, she would spill the beans too early if she knew that, oh, by the way, we're here to blow up the planet, not not a, <laughs> not yeah. actually help. Yeah. But at the same time, they held on to a secret about Gordanians. Like, there were actually, we'll see in JLU later in a flashback that there there were Gordanians attacking Thanagar, but not, it had they had nothing to do with the Thanagarians coming to Earth. That was just part of their plot to destroy Gordania or whatever you... Gordan? Yeah. I don't know what the plan Gordon. is called. <laughs> Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I can ask a simple question really quick, um, what is a hyperspace bypass? <laughs> uh, I think it's intended to be like a... like a wormhole kind of deal where like... They the some for some reason the fastest way to get between a point A and point B whatever that is for them on a militaristic uh, advantage is to go like through planets instead yeah. of around them. I don't know why because I don't think Earth is anywhere near Thanagar or Gordon. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, right? I think it's I like guess... to get around back behind the planet or something. It's, is yeah, what they explain? I, I think can't it was... remember. 
yeah, to get like behind them. I mean, if if I could answer with an even more obscure <laughs> pop culture uh-huh. reference, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Lost in Space movie from 1998, um, <laughs> yeah, which is it, okay. <laughs> which is look not good by any stretch, but I was nine when it came out, and I loved that yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, in that, the idea is that you know they have the ability to have like to travel faster than light, but it requires like an entry point and exit point. It requires hyperspace gates. That's what I kind of assumed this was as well. It's like they they maybe that they don't yet have super advanced faster than light travel but if they set up points to like basically guide them through a path from gate to gate then they could do it that's kind of what i thought it was so yeah okay here's here's a a quick (laughs) a, a quick uh background so the gordanians are from the planet karna okay uh, which That's is why the neighboring planet. <laughs> yes, which is, that that is not important. What is important is they're the neighboring planet in the Vega system to the Citadel, which is like a huge Green Lantern enemy and is constantly attacking Thanagar. Okay. So the Citadel is kind of is is like the kind of like I would I would guess like space pirates is the best way to say it. Okay. They they're just like super against all things Green Lantern and just want to fuck everything up. Mm-hmm. And like Green Lanterns are not allowed in the Vegas system or the Vegas sector. They're not yeah. allowed in Las Vegas. Well, then how could he yes. be in Wild Cards? <laughs> Sorry. No, I, I I remember looking this up recently. We did a video on the Ran Thanagar War mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. it's referenced in Justice League versus the Fatal Five very subtly, and so I had to come up with like a how could this happen in the DCAU kind of movie pitch thing that we did because. It doesn't really make sense with the, what you're talking about, even with like the Gordanians, and the, like the, the the vicinity of the planets is not the same, supposedly in this universe as it is in the comic book universe. So we even, and I mean, even more so when you're talking about this Citadel thing, yeah. it's like okay, none of this actually makes any sense. But we'll just let it slide. But hyperspace bypass. <laughs> words techno babble <laughs> yeah because because like i understand the wormhole thing and that's what i thought too was they were just gonna like make a black hole over earth and i guess they could use that to like jump in between the barrier but then when we see the model of it at the back cave it looks like they're going through earth yeah and i thought it was like some kind of like slingshot like space slingshot to like we need something that goes faster than light. Yeah, it's a really it's long just... plan, a really long con, <laughs> to just to just to do something that they hope works, like just to to fling around the back of the planet and go boo surprise and then shoot them. Like, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. if it doesn't work? Then they just destroyed like a dozen planets for no reason. Like they don't care though. I guess that's kind of the point. Is that they're like this is more yeah. important than anything else. So. And also loving the idea that the Gordanians only have one access covered yeah. or access covered of protection <laughs> yeah. in a complete 3D space. Yeah, they'll turn around. They'll they'll do the hyperspace bypass and shoot around the back of the planet. And there's an even bigger brick wall that they can't get past or something. <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, oh, man. Well, this well. side of space is fine. We don't have to worry about anything yeah. coming from here. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's maybe not the uh, the best thought out plan, but it's certainly going to fuck up Earth if they uh, they see it mm. through. Um, but then uh, what I love is after, um, you know, we kind of learn what the plan is that everyone reconvenes at 
the bat cave even the way yes. bruce says it like all right we're about 30 miles out of gotham city let's all just check in at my house it's like yeah <laughs> I, I thought that when the first watched it was how do they know where wayne manor is i'm like oh, they know yeah <laughs> they, they just Everyone stopped knows. along and, and picked up yeah. a star search map on the way like, oh okay yeah. now we know where to go see the sights <laughs> of gotham city yeah. but I, I think my favorite part about them going there is that it brings alfred back into the dcau yes. which I, I had sorely sorely missed him um, and just to get a little bit more of his dry wit, I loved, particularly when uh, the Flash is like, hey, that's a giant dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And Alfred just says, and I thought Batman was the detective and just walks away. <laughs> that's like one of the best lines in the show. But I had never thought about something is like I was watching it with my wife because she was sitting there doing baby stuff while we <laughs> while I had Starcross on because yeah. Justice League has to be playing in our house at all times. Of course. And uh, that that moment happened and she goes. You know, I mean, really, it's like, that's kind of a, a normal-sized dinosaur, or maybe even a small one. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> like, why, why do they call it a giant dinosaur? Yeah. It is in no way a giant dinosaur. <laughs> it's just a dinosaur. Very good point, actually, yeah. <laughs> why do people always refer to his as having a giant T-Rex? Like, I guess it's because he has a giant penny and a giant this thing and that thing and so yeah. like a Joker card and whatever. So you assume that, oh, it's just called the giant dinosaur, <laughs> but it totally doesn't make any sense to call it that. It's <laughs> a really good maybe, point. Maybe actually. it started as a toy dinosaur, <laughs> like a toy T-Rex that they then expanded. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Scaled yeah. up. There's like five yeah. different origins of that dinosaur in the DCAU alone. So it, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sur- I wouldn't be surprised if that could be one of them. It's like I, Toy I'm Man sure. created a small dinosaur and accidentally blew it up. And yeah. <laughs> Batman now it's a giant it. dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I mean, I, and then, you know, obviously like Hawkeye <laughs> shows up and reveals the, uh, the true plan. And everyone's just like, cool, thanks. Get out of here. We don't trust yeah. you. We don't want you. Um, which, of course, then leads the uh, the Thanagarians to Wayne Manor, which is like, it's it's kind of a, I think, a lesser cliffhanger, I'll say, than the end of part one. Um, but it, I, for whatever reason, I love any sort of attack on Wayne Manor. Maybe it's just because it's, you know, like, Bruce's stronghold. Like, no one knows about it. It's not a place where you expect any sort of, like, fights to actually happen. It feels happen. safe, yeah. Yeah, so whenever it does, it feels like a big deal. And I mean, it hasn't really happened much in the DCAU. Obviously it happens in over the edge, but that's a dream. Um, it does happen in, was it cold comfort, which is the new Batman adventure episode with Mr. Freeze Freeze breaks in. Yeah. I think those are the only two other times I can think of, right? Where a fight actually happens at Wayne Manor. Um, Oh yeah. Oh, right. When she, when Bruce freezes her. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah, where she latches onto the the Batmobile. Oh, I'm good point. Yeah, if there's any other one. That's I mean, Joker scene. breaks in in Return of the Joker, but because he knows Batman's Batman, that's another kind of like, yeah. Oh, but this is my safe space. How did Joker get in here? And I I feel like there's at least one more like Penguin or Riddler or something, but I don't I can't think of what it is, and I'm a fake fan, and it doesn't matter. But <laughs> well, I mean, out, outside of the DCAU, we obviously have Batman Begins. They set fire yeah. to Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman and Robin. Where Riddler blows everything Bat- up. Batman Forever. Batman you Forever. You keep doing this. God damn it. <laughs> it's As your an favorite avid listener one. Of the podcast, I it's will say this is at least one. the third time that you've done this. <laughs> See, Cameron, um, maybe it's not so ridiculous as why James thought I knew more about pop culture. <laughs> it's fair. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. 
but I don't know. I just I love that moment. It's it's over pretty quickly. They basically like smash through a window. They they break the clock, which again there must be spares. I feel like the, yeah, those clocks yeah. have been destroyed a lot. Um, and then bust in, and it's over pretty quickly. But that's a, a pretty great fight sequence, I think, though, down in the cave. Um, particularly watching uh, Batman throw out the sonic batarangs yes. and unleashing the bats on them. So good. Which I think yeah. predates Batman Begins. Uh, uh, have him doing that. I think it ba- yeah. barely does, but it's like one of those like people often say like, oh, they stole that from Batman Begins. Like, yeah, well, yeah. actually, well, <laughs> I'm sure he's done it in the comics. Batman Year One, though. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's yeah. happened before. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's all a reference to uh, to Year One. And, I mean, you could even you could even claim it happens in Batman Returns as well. Um, like Batman unleashes a series of bats oh, at the yeah. penguin at the very end and, and knock him, yeah, yeah and knock him in there, but. Um, also, so I had a question for you, James. So uh-huh. I, I think it's fair to say that when they <laughs> is it were about the yellow bat suit. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. How did you know? Yeah, because they're they're you know the 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 suit the costume case is in the back of the the room yeah. as we see in um, Batman Beyond. But obviously, this is well before that, and it's got the four characters from the new Batman Adventures. But it has a fifth suit on the end. And mm, I mean, what? And sure I know you guys have put out a video before, but what's your what's your theory as to what that suit is supposed to be? If, if we're coming up with a, a canonical reason for it to exist, <sighs> okay, <laughs> I'll try to be brief <laughs> because this, so everyone everyone like the our yellow our video about this yellow bat suit is essentially it's the Batman Beyond bat suit, but the symbol is yellow instead of red. Is is what yeah. it is? And so I did a video about that in 2017. And it's still something that people constantly on Twitter and everything are like, oh, yellow bat suit, James, at me all the time. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it bugs me. But it bugged me a lot more, you know, five years ago than it, <laughs> than it or four, three, whatever. I don't yeah. know math. Uh, than it does now. It, it's like we ha- we've had an answer for so long from the producers, uh, but not but not a canonical one. So, like... We've seen the Batcave in previous episodes of Justice League. Uh, in Secret Origins, we see it for just a second uh, when Batman's watching the news on his back computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see it in Paradise Lost also for just a second when he's talking to Wonder Woman. We see it a couple other times like that where we just cut to Batman in the Batcave, like pressing buttons and stuff. But we never see like the full scope of the room until... Uh, hereafter, where he's going through all the Superman like rubble, like oh, I, I've you know, I've I've tried all the different scientific methods on all this mm, stuff, and right. and I found absolutely nothing, that kind of thing. And I think in that scene we might see the display cases. I can't remember, but they definitely are on full display here in this. And even as a kid, like I didn't notice the yellow bat suit thing until probably like a decade after the episode aired. It was yeah. more just like I would, cause when you're watching it on TV, this is part of the thing I brought up in our video about it is it's, it was in standard definition. I'm watching it on a TV. That's probably less than a foot wide. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's on cartoon network off of their like beta max tapes that they broadcast it from, you know, there's no way that I'm going to see that in the background. Like it, mm-hmm. if it blends in so much, but when you watch it on the DVDs, even it, not quite HD, but much more HD than <laughs> you've ever seen it before, it's like, uh, excuse me, what what am I looking at? Kind of a thing. And I, but even just the display cases being there was always weird to me because I always considered that like a postmodern day, like 
you know, Bat all the people have quit. Oh, Robin's quit, Batgirl's quit, Nightwing's quit, all you know, and Batman just has this kind of like memorial of display cases of the costumes, like mm -hmm. as like a sad emotional like oh my god like everybody's gone kind of a thing and he hangs up his costume there and all this stuff but when they show up in justice league i guess it's now sort of retconned that that's just where they keep their costumes it's just <laughs> we need to go off on a mission i guess grab it off of the the graveyard rack over there <laughs> and so that even just that's kind of weird that that's there at all um but then you know since then we've seen various Batman comics and stuff in this universe that have the display case. So it's just like, I guess it's just part of it now. All of that to say, I don't know what the hell it's supposed to be. <laughs> if it's going to be something in universe, uh, we've talked to Dan Reba, who is one of the directors on a lot of these episodes uh, about it, where he basically agreed with my hypothesis of they re just reused a background from Batman Beyond and forgot that the suit was there. And at yeah. the last second, like, oh, shit, and colored it yellow so that you hopefully wouldn't notice it. Mm -hmm. But then when it blows up in HD, then you're like, what is that? Kind of thing. Yeah. And a lot of people have hypothesized that it's like a, a prototype to the Batman Beyond suit. Like he's working on something. Uh, if you wanted to give it a, a canonical explanation, a lot of other people see it as like a anti Green Lantern suit. If he had to, like, th if he had to fight Green Lantern, but then I always fire back with like, then where are all his other anti whoever suits? Why is that one? He never had a grudge against Green Lantern. Why does he have a specific anti-Green Lantern yeah. suit? It's specific uh, for Guy. It's just for Guy Gardner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. 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 off-screen Guy Gardner has, has shown up, and he's like, man, I really don't... He doesn't need a suit to take on Guy Gardner. Punch <laughs> yeah, what punch you don't him see in the time. back... Yeah. Well, you don't see is behind the suit, he actually has, like, a pair of, uh, like, hair clippers. And that's his greatest, yeah, yeah. His greatest weapon against Guy. He's going to shave the bowl. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there really is no reason for it to be there. Uh, it's it, it does, like, bug me, I guess, that they mm -hmm. that's what they chose to do instead of erase it completely was to... Just color it yellow. Nobody will care because everyone will care. Everyone will always care forever, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's kind of just up to you. Like, whatever you think it is, that's what it is. And it doesn't okay. matter. <laughs> yeah, like, when I saw I just kind of thought, like, oh, okay. I, I assumed, one, <laughs> reuse background artwork. And then, two, like, okay, maybe it's just supposed to be a, a, a prototype of that suit to some degree. So. Yeah, I mean, I just, in my notes, I wrote fucking yellow bat suit is all I have here because I knew it was going to come up. <laughs> You're probably like, please don't ask for the yellow bat suit. Just watch, just watch the damn video. We spent so much time said, on it. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, yeah, so they, they you know, they, uh, they take out the, uh, the invading Thanagarians at the Wayne Manor and then they have to figure out how to pilot the ship. And so Marsh Manhunter basically like forces way into uh, the henchman's brain what's that guy's name again i i Krager. Krager. they like Krager. kind of force his way into Krager. um and it's kind of a cool visual sequence now this i have to ask the the two of you i have to get a sense check on this because we have that one moment when they break into the brain and Krager has like you know destroyed a statue of shaira that was next to rotalic and built one mm -hmm. of himself in in its place is, is this me just wanting to see gay shit everywhere or is like Krager in love nope. with rotalic Nope, you're absolutely right. Yes! <laughs> I mean, yeah, Cameron, you can't comment. <laughs> no, it's... 
I mean, <laughs> I I want to think that absolutely. I think it's definitely for you know being early two thousands. It's probably more of like a power thing of yeah. like I'm now his number two, even though he's basically been the right hand man this yeah. entire time and for probably the past five years. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely as a kid, I didn't see it as a romantic thing. Like I saw it as exactly what Cameron's saying, but I think. Mm-hmm. They're the subtext. You know, those muscles gleaned a little bit nicer. <laughs> yes, they did. In the brain version. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. The, the subtext of that uh, has definitely come out, I think, <laughs> uh, since <laughs> since uh, the since the airing. You know, even today, like even in Young Justice, like season three has some some actual uh, representation, like you know, Aqualad and. Um, I know there was some other character that comes either comes out in the show or is just blatantly not heterosexual yeah. that they're like, they're just, oh, this is a character. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but in at the time, obviously it's like, for whatever reason that was just like not okay to do. Yeah. Uh, I'll never understand it. But so doing stuff like that, where there's lots of scenes where you can just see Krager is like very jealous of, of, hero and and hot girls Mm -hmm. like relationship and then he when he comes i guess mild uh for or spoilers or whatever he comes back in jlu with his brain all fucked up and that's right he's very very angry at hot girl like even though jean is the one that did that to him he still like blames her for everything that happened or whatever which also could just be conceived or you know perceived as because Hot Girl messed up their plan or whatever, but it's I think it's a, leg- a legitimate. I'm pretty sure it's even been confirmed by some writer or director or something on the show that like yeah, that's what we were doing with that, but we just couldn't say it. Okay. Uh, so okay, good. Well, I'm yeah. glad it wasn't just me because the you statue know, I, thing makes it the most obvious. Okay, yeah, because you know I, I I will headcanon the most like tenuous <laughs> queer thing possible. Just be like yes, it's queer. No, I don't. <laughs> so. I don't think that's a an a, a unintentional thing. I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, good. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, but yeah, so at this point now, the league realizes, all right, we got to take out this uh, this hyperspace bypass. So half the team is going to go and like deactivate the shield around the bypass. The rest of us are going to go retake uh, the watchtower, which leads to the second of my like two favorite moments in all the DCAU, which is when uh, Martian Manhunter, Flash, and Batman have taken over the watchtower again and they shove all the, the Thanagarians into an escape pod and then Batman closes the escape pod doors behind Martian Manhunter and Flash and, and jettison it and tells them that he can't trust the autopilot he's going to take it in himself you know Batman once again on a, a suicide mission um, but just the fact that he tells them you know gentlemen it's been an honor and just leaves it at that and walks mm-hmm. away like I've remembered that line for the last 20 years basically <laughs> just, it really stuck with me it's like man it's so it's such a good moment from Batman I just I love it so much there was something with that moment I was hoping for, and I'm glad they didn't, but mm-hmm. I still want it. Uh, because when they're still like making the plan, and Batman's like, oh, I'll take out the generator. Don't worry about it. Not the generator, the, the hyperspace bullshit. Um, <laughs> and they're like, what are you going to do? Throw a giant batarang at it? He's like, we'll see. I was kind of hoping when he took control of the watchtower, like the outer white shell was going to crack off and reveal that it actually was a giant battering. <laughs> <A> giant battering. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of Spaceballs. It yeah. transforms. Yeah. 
I think he'd have a little bit harder time hiding that in the Wayne Enterprises memos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, why do you want this? I mean, I understand why you're funding the Justice League and stuff, but why do you want it to be Bat Jaw Giant yeah. Bat? <laughs> I don't understand. This is slightly weird, huh? <laughs> Curious choice. Yeah, I definitely, I wrote down a note that just says, do they really expect us to think Batman's going to die? Because, <laughs> because like... <laughs> there's there, that. There, there's the whole, like doing all this research for this stuff for our videos, everybody, almost everybody behind the scenes on these shows considered Batman Beyond to be like an alternate universe, like alternate future, like a possible future. Mm -hmm. um, there were the handful of people that were trying to stick to it as the definite future to keep continuity in line. But most people, if, you know, if the story called for something to happen to Batman or something that would discard uh, Batman Beyond continuity point. They weren't afraid to just do it if it was good for the story. Okay. Luckily, nothing ever happened that was like, well, I guess it's not the real future anymore. Like, you can still consider it that. But there's definitely, like, the, the, in Secret Origins, oh, no, Batman died. Like, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, it's episode two of the show. Yeah. And second of all, it's Batman. Like, there's no way. Uh, and the same thing kind of here is, like, this is a much more, you know, it's the, the finale to the show. And like we were talking about, maybe it's the finale to the DCAU. We don't know yet at the time of watching and stuff. Maybe they will kill Batman. Maybe they'll do some sort of, you know, post credit. So it's Batman Beyond isn't actually the future, blah, 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 you know, something. We don't, we have no idea. Mm -hmm. So it's a little more, oh my God, are they really going to, but at the same time, it's like, it's still, it's Batman. They're not yeah. going to kill Batman. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, you know, they're not going to kill him. I, I think for me, it's more just a moment of, he, he so rarely ever gives praise or anything like yeah. that. Like he, yeah. he's so rarely ever sentimental or complimentary or anything other than just like a cold hearted dick. Mm -hmm. And so, like, to me, that's the closest he gets to being, um, you know, uh, sympathetic and Well, even, yeah, and after the after the shittiness he's shown toward Flash, this entire arc yeah. uh, of, you know, now he doesn't help him. He he <laughs> true, bees, yeah. he bees a bitch to him when they're changing clothes. And then also the moment of, like, what's this do? And it blows off half of Wayne Manor. That's not helping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that one of the a beautiful moment. I know, it's one of the best lines. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and then he just, yeah. Then he says the, it's been an honor thing. Like he, he respects him even, even among all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's only when Bruce After he is... sends him a bill. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Gentlemen, for it. Yeah, look it, in your, look in the mail in three days. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's, it's only when Bruce is convinced he's never gonna have to see someone again that he's allowed to be like a little bit <laughs> yeah. nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like I feel like from there, it basically just goes into like a full on big fight. You know, you got like as we said earlier, you get Superman and Wonder Woman crashing through all the ships, and you know the the Watchtower is slowly like entering orbit and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's all pretty solid action, and at least feels earned mm -hmm. at this point too. We've had such Green a long Lantern makes a couple constructs. I know you were happy. about Yes, that. I had that. <laughs> no, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> he makes an axe. He says, "Kiss my axe." He also makes a giant drill that mm -hmm. shoots up into the ship to make, to break in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like this is proof that he's capable of making constructs. He's just, <laughs> yes. I, what, too lazy to do it, I guess? Too precise, quote Only unquote. when no one's looking. Maybe yeah, they knew, he, he like, can't do it. it's the end of the show. We got to do something. <laughs> Give him he, has, he has performance anxiety. He just yeah. can't do it around his friends. That's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's doing it for hot girl <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair <laughs> that's fair he made his axe just like half an inch longer than <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pro's axe. Yeah. 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 Did you guys uh, catch? I mean, I know Chris. You look up the trivia on mm-hmm. DCAU Wiki and stuff for this, but do you? Did you catch? Don't the, reveal our secrets. The, oh yeah. Whoops. I mean, you know all this stuff. Did you look up the? Or did you see the Herotalic letter rearrangement of yes. his name? Yeah. Is Katar Hall with all the letters moved around? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I assume that they didn't want to actually have it be Katar Hall in the event they wanted to introduce him down the line. Which they. I they think it was of... a rights thing where they couldn't at the time. Oh, interesting. But then later they could. So then there's like, well, just bring in real Hawkman anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I know that Carter hall shows up eventually and i can't remember if there was also oh i'm remembering now it's actually it was a they didn't want hawkman to be a bad guy dc was like you can't make hawkman a bad guy yeah so they're like okay well he's not katar hall he's uh let me just shimmy the letters uh <laughs> rotalic like, okay sounds okay good. that that makes sense for how weird hro is spelled yeah yeah, <laughs> hero, yeah. <laughs> you're eating hair is basically yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's quick yeah. someone give me a scrabble board i gotta rearrange these letters why are you saying cool hro <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it makes sense they couldn't really make him a bad guy because by the end there he's like he's like a full-on horribly evil person he's gonna destroy the earth he's i mean he beats the shit out of shaira like it's a really uh, intense moment actually he like bitch slaps her across the face and you see it happen i I wrote that down because everybody every time that the joker does that to harley quinn he like reels his hand back and then they cut to her like you hear the smack sound effect and she like comes in from off screen like stumbling in but they literally just show him like with his big spiky metal gauntlet hand yeah slap her across the face I'm like oh my god <laughs> he grabs her hair and throws her on the floor and all this stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's really intense and it, it's yeah. also just an uncomfortable scene to watch yeah um you know but i am glad that they they kind of saved like the big emotional hook of the whole thing to the end which is that you know as you'd expect it ultimately comes down to a fight between you know gl and ro mm-hmm. and then eventually really um shaira and ro and it's it's a good fight it's a really good fight yeah it cuts the ring off yes yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean cameron how'd you feel about that like the the ring is destroyed i was i was shocked <laughs> because i i i'm pretty sure canonically and then I, I remembered it's happened before i thought canonically that nothing can break a green lantern ring but it, i believe in fact nth metal is one of the few substances that can break a ring okay yeah we see this and then we also in in the fatal five movie um the persuaders like nanometer thin axe also cuts off uh, in the same way, pretty much. Uh, oh, well, don't they, do strain. they make point that like that's even sharper than nth metal? Yeah, than an atom or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and but the the whole thing with me as a kid, I was so confused about that because I never watched the Batman and Superman shows religiously. Like I mm-hmm. caught a few episodes. This was the first show that I like. Definitely, I taped every. You know, was there for it. And so Superman having that Green Lantern episode, I hadn't seen that at this point i don't think oh, okay. and the the understanding that i had of green lantern lore or whatever is that if your therene gets broken or even removed from their finger that they die and i don't know where i got that information oh, huh. but i had like i had i used to do these stupid little like powerpoint 
animations. Like I'd make animated GIFs and then like move them around in PowerPoint and stuff. And I had this whole thing where I took like Kyle Rayner's little model sheet picture from the Warner Brothers website. And I, or, and I was trying to like tell his origin story just based on his like three sentence biography from an episode I had never seen. Yeah. And it was like Abin Sur and then he gets killed and, or he gets the ring destroyed by Sinestro and then he turns into a pile of dust that I had just made using the like spray paint on paint, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I, for I don't know why, like Cameron, is that a thing in Green Lantern lore that you know of that like if the ring gets destroyed, the wearer gets turned into a pile of dust? I don't know where I got this idea or why I thought this as a kid, but I was shocked whenever he gets the ring cut off. I'm like, oh fuck, he's going to die. He's going to die right now. And then he doesn't. <laughs> Like, I have no idea where that came from or why, but it was a thing that I had in my head. <laughs> Not, I mean, yeah, because of then, because there's multiple instances where, like, the power, like, the central core battery, like, loses its power, and that you'd see, like, all the lantern rings just, like, drop yeah. into Oa because of all, like, because it, it, they're in the middle you know, of fights or dust, something. It, yeah. yeah, you know, they're flying through space, yeah. and suddenly they, they lose their shielding or they're in a fight. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I don't have, I can't think of not anything. Not in a scenario where they don't, dust. they're not like, it would have to be a scenario where they were going to die if they don't have the ring, not just because they don't have the ring. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's not uh, a lifeline thing. And I'm trying to even think of like, what pop culture reference could that even be? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, I see like a little bit of like Indiana Jones. <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah. Like losing the ring is like opening the covenant. Maybe. Oh, I thought you because like if he loses his hat, he dies. I don't. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's always grabbing it from under the yeah. door. He's starting to die at that moment. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I just remember thinking like, yeah, that John Stewart was gonna die in that scene because his ring got broken, and you even see like a close up of his hand, and they've, it's like shaking and and kind of craggly looking, like it's, and I thought that that was an a, a start to like he's deteriorating, he's he's mm -hmm. turning to bones or something. But then he just keeps fighting anyway. I'd like to introduce you to my friend here. And they're kind of like, oh, okay, he's still being cheesy. I guess he's fine. <laughs> or yeah. <whatever."> but <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was a big moment that didn't end up being as big as I thought it was going to be as but, a kid. <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's like, it's, it's still, still big. Yeah. It's still a big moment. I mean, yeah. at that point, he's lost everything. He, you know, he's lost the woman he loves. He's lost his ring, um, but it's not going to stop him. He's, he's going to keep fighting. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I love that at the very end, it's him and Hawkgirl together, like pushing the, the big ass lever in the middle of the thing to turn off the shield. Yeah. I, you know, I like that they did give her a redemptive arc in the end. Um, to try and come well, back. Well, there's in. kind of the foreshadowing for the ring of like, he's nothing without his toy. And then she gives it back to him yeah. and then it gets destroyed, but he still manages to win the day anyway. So, yeah. Cause like, I don't know what the lesson is there <laughs> other well, than you I mean, don't need a piece of plastic. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about Jon Stewart. It's like you take away his ring. He's still a Marine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's I've got, got some training. architecture skills. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, sorry, Cameron. I know, I know Kyle Rayner's your favorite, but I'm sorry. You take Kyle Rayner's ring away and he's, and no offense, he's an animator. I don't think he's going to necessarily Meanwhile, be the best I'm in a fight. soap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> No, that's that's fair. Yeah. I, I do like the idea that like you take his ring off. He's like, this wall isn't architecturally sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let me just rip out the, the yeah. beams. Yeah, yeah. He just he just like just knows where all the studs are on the wall yeah. and just starts breaking it down piece by piece. 
like it's like something snaps and he like almost forgets he's a Green Lantern, just goes back to being an architect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is kind of funny that the it's like a sci-fi trope of like, would you like access to the giant button that will do the thing you need to do? You have yeah. to get past me, Darth Vader. I mean, Ro Talent. <laughs> like, there's no, you know, why would it be a giant button in the middle of the room? Not <laughs> a, a switch. Oh, the and, stop and also, button. Yeah. And also the trope of like, you're not strong enough to stop yeah. this thing, but it's only my my power used against me that can stop this <laughs> exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, it definitely hits those moments. Um, but but yeah, I it, mean, I'm poking fun at, at the best episode of Justice League. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you think that, Cameron. Maybe there's enough. Do you think there is there a better episode of Justice League to you? Uh, no, I mean, it is, it is an incredible episode. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I still have to think if it's if it's the best episode. It probably is, but I still have to think about it. I still have to add that, <laughs> the drama. Yeah. I mean, Cameron, just given the fact that it's three parts and there are Green Lantern constructs, like that, those two factors alone should make it your favorite episode of all the DCAU. It, it, it really does. It, it's, <laughs> it's really high up there. I have, to, I have to make it through JLU and, and the episodes that I remember of JLU. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is excellent, you know, and... <clears throat> It, it even in the action, it doesn't spare the great character moments. Like when Superman realizes the Batman is going to, you know, kill himself in the watchtower, he immediately flies off to go and save him, which I, I, I love that. I love too when uh, Wonder Woman's been running around the ship, just like battling people left and right. Yeah. And she, she just shows up in the doorway, like all like battle scarred and wielding a, a sword and like, all right, who's next? Yeah. <laughs> like, I should leave you to burn or whatever she yeah. says. It's, it's, that That's like the moment where, because you don't really know what Wonder Woman thinks of this whole thing until that moment. Like, yeah. you know, she sort of had friendly moments with Hawkgirl throughout the show, but mm-hmm. they were more like, I'm glad that they didn't, you know, dip too far into the like they're the only girl members of the team so they have to be best friends they're braiding yeah. each other's hair all the time or something there is always yeah, I mean, they're, they're co-workers a, yeah yeah exactly yeah they, i mean they they go from probably the most probably the closest they've been is in fury when they're like the mm. only two other members alive you know yeah. everyone's dying from anti-man gas and there's like there, there's a couple moments where you know they're talking about like why do you need men? Oh, don't knock it till you tried it kind of a thing and blah, blah, blah. But there's not ever been, like I'm saying, like a, a, a hair braiding sl- slumber party between the two. And so when there's <laughs> there's no hot girl Wonder Woman pillow fight, despite DeviantArt telling you otherwise. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's, there's a, when they get to this moment, you're like, okay, what does Wonder Woman think about all this? Like, is she offended that, you know, like, hey, come on, like. The, you're the only other you know female member of the team what what the hell am i supposed to do with this and then we get to that s- scene where she's like you know i should leave you to burn okay well that's what you think <laughs> that's what's yeah. going on in your head okay I yeah because to, to your point they've never had a, a a cliched bonding moment like yeah they've never yeah. gone off and got like manny patties together or anything like that but by extension they've also never really had a lot of bonding moments and i think it just shows that for one room at the end of the day honor is one of the most important things possible um and so she is angry at Hawkgirl for betraying them, but yeah. also I think has some, maybe not begrudging respect, but recognizes the good the Hawkgirl has done as part of the team um, and isn't willing to like go so far as to just like kill her. So, yeah, I mean, she's not going to let her die, but she's also, she's the most like pissed looking uh, yeah. in their final little meeting. Uh, 
I, I guess we should probably, you should probably describe the f- final bits of the plot before we <laughs> yeah, I mean, get they, into they, the ending. Yeah, they, you know, they, <laughs> they take out the, the wormhole thingy. Um, you know, and yeah. so it's all said and done. Than and Garen's like, "Well, there goes our plan. We're not going to bother killing you. We're just going to get out of here." You By know, tell dropping legs and the leave. watchtower and then, onto the thing. Yeah, and they've, yeah, they've okay. crashed the watchtower into it. <laughs> Batman's been saved. But you know, what's interesting is to your point, James, how they end the series. Ultimately, like you know, it ends on a pretty, very kind of personal Dower. character moment of they're yeah. all at Wayne Manor deciding the fate of Hawkgirl and the League itself. Like they've lost the watchtower. Um, you know then they're voting do we keep her or not and they're going around and they're debating on the whole thing and i i love you have that amazing moment with alfred and i think we'll call her at this point now shaira really because the hot girl Mm -hmm. persona is gone um you know and he he gives her that little bit of an encouragement of like you know i've seen you all do amazing things you know to to me you will always be a hero um and this is a man who has spent his life basically trying to to keep a a a psychopath uh you know emotionally supportive so maybe the best person to be in that moment right um, yeah there there's two ways that i look at that alfred scene every time and one the the one that's kind of like the funnier version is how does he know hawk girl like he he's never he's never interacted <laughs> with her yeah but he's like in my eyes you'll always be a hero and like did you do and so i like to imagine him just sitting around wade manor watching snapper car news reports of oh, he, he totally does Justice League doing stuff and like oh that hot girl lady she seems nice like <laughs> it's never well i mean we know that batman has a file on her for sure yeah i guess yeah. so yeah yeah but then the other thing is like on the more emotional side is that's the final time that ephraim zimbalist jr voices alfred yeah uh, and before he passed away and so that's that always makes me tear up just in that scene even if it's not anything you know anything it's not anything necessarily more emotional or you know uh sad than he's ever said before but it's it's just knowing that like that's the last time he said anything i guess technically he says like they've called for you miss or whatever yeah. i've seen later but you know it's it's like if he's gonna go out on a bang, like you did it kind of a thing. So, yeah, like it, it wasn't intended to be his, his goodbye, yeah. but it serves as a really nice farewell to, to yeah. him and that character in its own way. Now, especially just how, how much you've been with Alfred for throughout the DCAU to just get a nice little bow on the end. You know, he didn't just wither away. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> he didn't, he didn't just disappear into the yeah. ether of continuity. He's, he finally, he gets a little finale kind of thing. He yeah. gets his moment. Yeah. And, you know, and then the league, basically they, they vote on whether they're going to keep Shayer or not. And before they can reveal their answer, she just tells them that, you know, she's stepping away and she's leaving. Um, you know, and then the, the whole series ends in that last little moment between, GL and Hawker and Sharia and she finally acknowledges like yes like I did love you it was real um you know and the the very last line of the whole series is you know I love you too and it's I think surprising for a kids superhero show that that was potentially going to be the very final moment I mean you think about you know even every superhero movie that comes out they pretty much always end on some sort of like big bombastic moment like I I remember when the amazing Spider-Man came out not that movie's particularly good but um, I guess the director wanted to end on that final scene of like Peter and Mary in class together. And the studio is like, no, no, you have to have a final shot of Spider-Man swinging through the city. Cause you, it's a superhero movie. You have to end on superheroes. And this show had that moment. It didn't end on superheroes. It ended on a very personal, sincere moment. Like 
if this had been the end of the whole thing, how would you yeah. guys have felt about this? Like the DCAU ends right there. Does that feel like a satisfactory ending? Cameron. <laughs> I I think because, I mean, because we did that, that look up at the beginning, I think they were allowed to do an ending like this because the next show was starting within a month. Because mm-hmm. well, I mean, I even if it was like a year at the break. time that they were going to get, more like i'm pretty sure this episode was finished long before or at least slightly before jaily was greenlit so it was definitely like that they've talked about like every show before that batman beyond superman batman they never they never did like a finale like legacy and superman you see as the finale but it was intended to be the start of another season that they didn't get to do yeah um Mm -hmm. and so like they the every season of justice league they tried to do an ending of like, okay, what if this is the last thing we ever get to do? We have to go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I totally agree that this is like a very unorthodox superhero ending, but it's, it's, it's very much in line with when you look at the DCAU as a whole, like the tone and the, the writing style, the, 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 the level of writing the, of how good it is <laughs> yeah it's it's a much more in line with that way to do it than than the typical yeah spider-man s- sticks to an american flag the end kind of <laughs> yeah. thing so i i think they could have for me i think like the final button they could have done is like as she's flying off you have batman in gl's ear being like oh something's going on in metropolis we need right. you and then and, have... and they all go flying off into the thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it, it ends as he like goes off because you know the they're always going to be needed right and that is how you end it it's, it's kind of this there's always the next mission they, they could have had the chris reeve ending and they could have had the six remaining members all flying through space and wave at the camera <laughs> <laughs> all of going. them are opening their button shirts to reveal mm-hmm. their symbols yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I mean that's the ending. I also is another one that I can't not cry at. Uh, even when even when I've seen it so many times, is like I think the first time I watched it, I didn't because I was just like so worried about what's going to happen. Is yeah. this the end of the show kind of thing. But now, like knowing that it's coming up, even as soon as the music cues start of them on the little cliffside, it's the same like Mask of the Phantasm sunset cliffside where he proposed to Andrea and all this yeah. stuff, and it's just got all these all these things going for it. That's just so. I don't know. It's 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 real good. I like it. No, <laughs> good job. I, I'm with you on that one. I think at the end of the day, it shows what the priority was of the writers and the producers and creators. Like you know, they wanted to do the action and the spectacle and the superhero drama, but they cared most about the characters. Yeah, and that was their their final focus. At the very end was you know this is a team. It is a form of a family. Um, you know the the most important emotional stakes revolve around them and not around whether the world's going to get destroyed or not. Cause we always know that they're going to save the world, but will they come through at the end? Um, and to leave it, you know, slightly ambiguous, they basically say, Oh yeah, you know, we're going to rebuild to which case I imagine Batman's like rolling his eyes in his cow. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so much more money. I'm going to have to spend. I destroyed the watchtower for the tax cut. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wanted that deduction. Understand. 
Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew Superman was going to save me. It's <laughs> one of the insurance payout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is basically like torching your house. Like, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why yeah. did this happen the day before taxes were due? <laughs> yeah. It's so if weird. he had said that, we could have timelined this episode yeah. so much easier. Um, coincidence <laughs> but yeah I, I i think it's fantastic i mean i think yeah i don't know if this is my favorite of all of the jl episodes but it is really really high up there for me um i think, I think a it's... better world the justice swords one is my favorite mm-hmm. uh, this is a very close second and then i'm also just a big fan of the the more like goofy silly ones these days like uh I guess it's more in JLU, but like the where or Luthor and Flash switch minds, or where yeah. they're turned into kids, or where Wonder Woman's turned into a pig, and all these all these ones like that are like great go to episodes. If I'm just I want to watch an episode of something, but as a kid I'm like, oh come on, like this is so dumb. Get back to the punching, mm-hmm. you know. Like, <laughs> so. and, and now you come to love the uh, high yeah, concept I, hijinks. Yeah, I vividly remember. Uh, the episode before the finale of Avatar The Last Airbender and it's <laughs> yeah. the Ember Island players and being so furious. <laughs> You're wasting time. We <laughs> yeah, because like I was so ready for this finale, for this huge ending. And it's a recap episode. I'm getting yeah. a recap before the finale. Yeah, it's the uh, what, what's it called in like Friends? A clip show. Yeah. 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 Basically. Yeah. It's a clip show. <laughs> but in stage play and now form. Now I look yeah. back and yeah, now looking back, that is like one of the, like Ember Island players is what yeah. most people believe is like one of the best episodes yes. ever made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where you can go next. I'll guest star on uh, on Avatar Talk. Avatar Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah great well, i mean we're getting new avatar now so yeah. it would be a good time i, I have i have mentioned this before about it james if you knew this but i i had a secret plan all along um which was to not tell cameron and watch all of avatar and cora and then on the very last episode of this show to tell him at the very last moment like oh yeah and by the way i watched all of avatar and cora and that's the end of tim talk no opportunity for us to talk about it <laughs> oh by the way i watched all of my hero academia <laughs> yeah exactly that that was the plan but then when i heard they were making new stuff and everything came available I'm like okay fine i'll sit down and watch it um, um all right any any other uh, thoughts on these episodes before we head on to the bat plugs here uh no i think i think we i mean we we didn't really get to dive into the fact that this is green lantern's job <laughs> right. to like stop invading species uh but i've 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 had that rant i've been on that yeah, soapbox you, many you've times accepted before. It by now, yeah that... yeah like the fact that no other green lantern showed up or that he didn't like try and call out and like i like if they'd even mentioned that when they took his ring of like now he can't contact the other lanterns like yeah. just as a one-off line that would have covered it for me right <laughs> uh, yeah no yeah. I, besides I, that yeah i love how uh i mean this is like a green lantern thing i guess but even in the fatal five movies so i guess it's canon to this universe too like the ring like talks to the wearer like you can it has a little you know speech bubbles and stuff in the comics of like Oh, okay. asking it questions or it's 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 got it's like a little uh siri kind of thing and and yeah it's, it's a database yeah and so the fact that yeah green lantern doesn't just be like hey uh there's hawk people <laughs> send send reinforcements please but he, i think he's too distracted with like 
But my girlfriend, like, the whole time, to really think about that, like, he's just like, we can handle this. And then they get so quickly bombarded by Hawk people, there's no, like, moment for him to do that. But I, I think that's something that writers probably dealt, deal with, like, every episode. is like, how do we, <laughs> how do we not just have... Uh, the Green Lantern Corps come in and solve this problem for them in five minutes. <laughs> well, it's it's very <laughs> simple. Been a part of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very simple. Uh, you can't make a phone out of beams and walls. So right. there's no way for him to call for help. <laughs> what is a phone okay. but a beam and two discs? And <laughs> I, I do want to. I do want to rewrite my epilogue now. My Justice League epilogue. It is not a dating show hosted by Green Lantern or hosted by mm-hmm. Bruce. Um, they're they're starting like the Green Lantern version of Christian Mingle, where it's inner <laughs> Green Lantern dating, and it's him just having a clip show of him going on dates with other Green Lanterns of different species. <laughs> it's like a Bachelor of Green Lanterns. Of yeah. uh, oh, yes. I'm I'm down, and they call it Red Light Green Light. <laughs> That's he good. Gets to decide, That's when good. they give him a rose, they're all construct roses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go through a couple of things that I wrote down yeah, as, yeah. A, as like, again, things that I either didn't notice before or thought were interesting that I don't really focus on usually when I watch these. Flash is all worried about what are we going to do? Uh, you know, no Hawk Girl, no Javelin, no Watchtower. Mm-hmm. Like he specifies no Javelin when the Javelin gets destroyed in like six other episodes too. So many times. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh no, what are we going to do without the Javelin? I mean, to, to the point where as a kid, I assumed they had multiple Javelins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was something that's come up recently where uh, on our, uh, I do every Tuesday I do a uh, which is the same day these episodes come out hey, hey. Uh, I do a live stream on our channel of reading through the Justice League Adventures comic books I'm on mm-hmm. the Justice League Unlimited one now but there was one issue of that where they called it the Javelin 1 instead of the Javelin 7 oh. which I never again do they call it anything but the Javelin 7 but it did make me think like okay so are there Javelins 1 through 6 and then it made me want to do like a video on like how many times has the javelin been destroyed and does it line up with the amount of numbers of javelins yeah, right. that it's... there might be. <laughs> so that, that was, was this the fun. seventh one that was exactly. destroyed? Yeah, and like okay, that's it. That's the last one. We don't have any more past javelin seven. Yeah, yeah we're just gonna get Zeta tubes now. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They do. They do decide to do that, even though they have javelins anyway. Uh, in the airship fight when they're escaping their uh, prison cells mm-hmm. uh superman has a hammer uh that's oh, electrified yeah. electrified hammer like he that he's fighting with and I, I we did like a marvel easter eggs video that i'm pretty sure that's supposed to be like kind of a reference to the crossover they had in the 90s between dc and marvel where superman wielded meow meow oh uh, and, yeah <clears throat> uh but even if it's not it's just kind of a funny like just seeing superman whack people in the face with a hammer because like, he yeah. can't do anything else at the moment <laughs> and uh, on that same note uh for whatever reason secret origins did it too where they premiered these episodes as a movie mm-hmm. like a big movie event where the commercial break moments were in different spots than they are when you watch them uh on this oh on, like hbo max and stuff they still have the fade outs and fade ins where they are but they like added additional ones to the movie event probably because they knew like everybody's gonna be watching this we have to put every toy commercial ever in between it or something like that yeah oh for sure yeah yeah. so there's like that i distinctly remember because you know i'm taping it and i'm hitting pause every commercial break and unpausing it when it comes back and stuff 
for future James to not have to sit through those dang commercials on his pure VHS tapes. But so <laughs> uh, they're fighting on there. And then Wonder Woman looks over and a big, like, burly, bearded uh, hawk guy with a giant gun it flies through the door. And he aims the gun at the camera. And in the original broadcast, that's where the commercial break was. It just faded out right there. Like, oh, yeah. no, uh, a guy with a big gun. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's supposed to be this kind of cliffhangery thing. But it's so abrupt because, like, the music doesn't – the music and this this shot structure does not fit doing a commercial break there at all. So it was just a very sudden cut off to commercial and when it comes back, the next shot, Superman chucks the hammer at his face and stops him immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the stupidest little cliffhanger of like, oh, what are they going to do? Oh, that it's fine. <laughs> Throw a hammer. Welcome back to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's hammer time. Um, so that was, that was kind of a funny thing. Uh, there's also a deleted scene that happens right after that moment. Uh, on the DVD, they released Starcross as a movie on DVD. Uh, and included like a handful of deleted scenes. Most mm-hmm. of them are just storyboards with audio. We have every deleted scene as one video on the Watchtower Database YouTube channel. Oh, um, all right. But one of them is uh, they, you know, they escape the ship, and that's where you see that scene end in the actual episode. But in the deleted scene, they fly down to the street level. And Flash is trying to do his, like, swirly arms to slow them down because Superman can't quite fly right still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, uh, stumble all over the street. And then they stand there for, like, two minutes talking about, like, well, what are we going to do? Well, we should do this plan. Like, oh, no, that's a bad plan. Why don't we do this? And, and it's just this completely useless scene. So I understand why they cut it. But it's always interesting that, like, I want to know what other scenes were cut out of episodes. If clearly there are deleted scenes, yeah, <laughs> they did it because it was a movie or whatever. But I want to see, like, you know, are there missing stuff from other episodes or whatever? That would always be fun. Everybody thinks that Green Lantern says "ass" instead of "axe." We get tagged all the time in like, "Did you?" I just watched Starcrossed when he says he, Green Lantern says, "You can kiss my ass." And I'm always gobsmacked by, like, how do you not watch that scene and understand that he said X? Because yeah. he then immediately makes an X. How do you not watch axe. the subtitles? Yeah, or yeah, turn on the <laughs> yeah, subtitles. Well, yeah. <laughs> he immediately makes an X after he says that. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, what? Do you not understand puns? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, these episodes are so, like, iconic to me that mm-hmm. even, even the stuff that's kind of, like, you know not necessarily as good as some other writing that we've had in previous episodes. I can forgive because the big picture of these is so world shattering, I guess. And, you know, like the last 10 minutes of the, of part three of just the watchtowers exploding and everyone's fighting. And, and, you know, it's the, it's the star Wars uh, method of like, you know, this this main character fights this main character and you cut back to this main character fighting this main character. Everyone has their own little individual yeah. jobs. Um, I mean, the whole episode is kind of Star Wars, uh, like original trilogy, uh, hero's journey kind of method to it of like yeah. part two is like the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> of the three. Everything goes to hell. Every, yeah, everything's shit and, and you find out all these terrible things. And then by the end, you know, it's not it's not the most bright, happy ending, but it is like a a wrap up that is satisfying. Um, and yeah, who knows, like 
continuity wise at the time are we going to go forward to the batman beyond justice league from here uh it could very easily do that every every season of the justice league shows kind of ended like that of like okay it could go to batman beyond now oh we got another season okay well it could go to batman beyond now Oh, we got another season. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, they didn't know, so they kind of write themselves yeah. into a possible finale. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I look. I agree with you. I think these are excellent episodes. Um, you know, I think across the board, great character moments, great action, storytelling, surprises. Um, the stakes feel really high. Like emotionally, the stakes mm-hmm. feel high. Um, and, you know, and this is again why when we went back and rewatched secret origins. I was like, Oh, this is good, but it's not as good as Starcrossed." And you know, the fact that they did another three part alien invasion story and found a way to make it different and make it better. I thought was really, really impressive. Um, you know, yeah, cause and, you know, the characters by now and you, you care about people instead yeah. of just introducing everybody. And like, I know Batman and Superman and Superman has a different voice and Batman has a different costume. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. But it's, it's all familiar now, but it's, it's new and different. And the cool thing is, is that now after this, we get to go on to, uh, Justice League Unlimited. And I, I actually looked yeah. at that first season. I forgot that that first season is stacked. Like mm-hmm. some yep. of my favorite episodes are in that very first block. I'm like, Oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, and this one and this one. Yeah. And this one. Yeah. So no, and I know, I know Cameron's excited because th- that's always been your baby. Well, that and Static Shock, right, has been JLU. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, by the way, Shaq Shaq does not show up in JLU. Uh, sorry, <laughs> no, 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 no. He's in. If I remember correctly, he's in two episodes of JLU. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Making his fourth and fifth appearances in the DCAU. <laughs> well, if you mean yep. Steel, then yeah, I guess that's yeah. what. <laughs> yes, that is what I mean. It's, it's... <laughs> All right, but well, hey. I definitely look forward to listening to you guys go through JLU because it's probably the best of all of these uh, in terms of just consistent quality. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've been following it, following Tim Tuck since, uh, I think, Superman. I think okay, that's when yeah. I started listening. And, uh, it disp- you know, I, I love I, I love talking to Maddie and Ted about this stuff, other, the other Watchtower database guys, because we're all constantly so deep in this. You know, the new Batman The Adventures Continue uh, comic, that they just announced the other day that there's another um, season or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it coming out. And they've only, re- at the time of this recording, they've only released like two uh, pages of it without words. It's just the art. And already we've broken down like every panel into a possible thing that's going to happen <laughs> or whatever. So I love that aspect, but I also just love listening to you guys go through this stuff where you don't nec- you're not necessarily looking at it from that like pedantic of a standpoint. It's more like just how did you enjoy the episode? You have you have some like you know nerdy DC fan input on it, yeah. but it, it, it's fun to listen to just like what do normal people think of this show <laughs> instead, <laughs> instead of us like ridiculously over the top people. So, oh, um, well, well, thank I love, you. I love that you think that this is like a normal person. Perspective. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you talk about like that this podcast is just a rip off of Weekly Planet or whatever. But I yeah, stopped I stopped is, listening yeah. to Weekly Planet a while ago and almost exclusively listened to you guys in DCAU review. Like that's uh-huh. just all if I I don't have time for podcasts anymore, but when I do, it's in the shower and I put you guys on. <laughs> <laughs> like I choose to listen to you. So think about that. Oh well we're we're very we honored that you choose it. choose to listen and to now us. Now that you know I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> naked. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I know. We, we might have to make these episodes a little bit saucier, you know, to, mm-hmm. to keep up with this new this new knowledge. But no, I mean, that's that's incredibly sweet. Thank you. And, you know, uh, I've said this numerous times, but one of the best parts about doing this show has been uh, getting a chance to meet all of you guys and to, like, join this cool little um, DCAU yeah. community. And, yeah, we're I feel like we're kind of like... I, I'm going to steal a line from one of my other favorite podcasts, James Bonding, and say that we're lovers, not experts when it comes to this sort of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, we, we have a, a decent knowledge. Cameron in particular has a very good knowledge of a Green Lantern comic lore, which most of the time just works as disadvantage <laughs> when it comes to it's, doing this yeah. show. It, it's, it's adaptable. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like uh, that you're constantly like, that doesn't count in the DCU, yeah. you can't really. <laughs> it doesn't it count does. here. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's great, and we always appreciate you guys uh, jumping in with little bits of knowledge. And, uh, you know, and also, you guys cover this territory very well. You know, expert analysis on a lot of stuff where we're just kind of like cursorily covering it. So, Thanks. You know, so we're, we're super happy you could join us, James. But let's real quick, uh, let's do some bat plugs. You know, uh, we can't have you on the show and not do our, our signature segment, our, our childishly named signature segment. It's, it's one that I wish I had thought of. it is uh both a point of pride and a serious embarrassment for me that that's what we chose to do we i chose to do i'm not gonna drag cameron under the bus with me on that one i mean i think it was a team effort (laughs) we are both infinitely childish uh but james as our distinguished guest why don't you start us off what would you like to uh plug this week oh uh hmm i gotta think of something that's not Something I made, I guess. I mean, uh, you can also... <laughs> you, you can plug your own stuff. Yeah, you can totally plug your own we, stuff. We don't have anything. So. Uh, we just put out a, a documentary on Dwayne McDuffie um, a couple weeks ago uh, that Maddie spent a really long time uh, researching and writing and working with the Ink Tank uh, YouTube channel who do a bunch mm-hmm. of Ben 10. They're basically like the Watchtower database of Ben 10. Like, oh, okay. Uh, same kind of videos. Uh, and then... Uh, but I, you know, and I edited it for like a week straight... And that video is not doing as well as we would have hoped. Oh, so no. if you are, uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched that, go check it out. Give it a like. Subscribe to the Watchtower Database. Um, let's see what else is coming up. Um, we recently put out a video also on uh, the uh, Lady Shiva reference in Batman and Harley Quinn. It's oh. a very, very like it's just a throwaway line that Batman is or that Sarge Steele says mm-hmm. to Batman in Batman and Harley Quinn about like thanks for helping us out with that League of Assassins thing in Nanda Parbat. Oof, that Lady Shiva. Like, like that's all he says, but we never see what that is. So we're of course doing an entire video of what that could possibly be. <laughs> uh, I love it. And that's coming out or that has come out by the time you're listening to this. Um which includes a movie pitch at the end of like me discuss me laying out like a possible movie uh, based around that uh, throw one throwaway line. <laughs> cool. Okay, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's all I got really. I think uh, watch any of our videos ever. Okay, nice. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'll, I'll yeah. specifically put the uh, the Dwayne McDuffie one down in the uh, the show notes for people to Thank go watch. Yes. So, uh, Cameron, what about you? What do you got to plug? Uh, I have no personal stuff to plug, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but I watched. Um, what did I watch? I watched Moxie the other week. Oh, uh, and how I was think that? I, I briefly mentioned it a while ago. It's it's fun. It's really good. It's you know, we 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 tout the movie Book Smart over and over and over again. Um, that's another one I need to watch based so on your good. guys' recommendation. So good. <laughs> it's very, very good. Uh and we we talk about like Book Smart is kind of the updated version of Super Bad. 
uh, Moxie kind of feels like the book smart version of Mean Girls, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it will it's, to it's me. It's kind later. of this like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's 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 fun. It's it's a very fun like cute high school story, uh, and it's on Netflix. Really recommend it. Uh, and then a, another quick plug is I started watching Young Rock. Oh, oh no, which yeah, is how is a that? Weird series. I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay. There's okay. only, you know, three or four episodes out right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, part of it is, is kind of pedantic. And like the, the, it's like the How I Met Your Mother set up where it's The Rock in the near future running for president. <laughs> and the, sto- the episodes are uh, Randall Park, which is great, mm-hmm. uh, interviewing him and asking him like a presidential question that then he spends into a backstory of his <laughs> past. Okay. Oh, my God. Uh <clears throat> That sounds so like a like fun three, uh, like setup like that. Yeah. 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 So it, it's, it's kind of three timelines. So that's him in elementary school, him in high school and him in college. And each episode takes place in one of those three points. Okay. And I take it. He never plays. He, it, it's never like him. CGI as a younger him. It's only him no, in the no, future. no, no, yeah. no. That the budget's not in there for that. Yeah. Okay. They burned all the budget on just getting him in it. <laughs> him yeah. in it at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's fun, and it's it's like surprisingly good so far. Well, I I can't wait for when they're like three seasons in, they do a whole episode about him being in the Scorpion King. That's gonna be <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah, I mean they they reference the Scorpion team, the Scorpion King, a few times. Do they? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Already? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because like I think even like the, like one of the first lines is like, "Did you ever see yourself going from like Scorpion King to president?" In fact, I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what about you, Chris? What have you been watching, reading, listening? Uh, so I watched uh, last night, in fact, actually, To Catch a Thief, the old Alfred Hitchcock movie with Cary Grant and okay. uh, Grace Kelly. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy me an Alfred Hitchcock movie. I was feeling like watching something a little old fashioned and uh, it's on Amazon Prime and it's it's decent. I, I, I don't think it's up there with uh, the best of Hitchcock. But I think is amazing. Um What's I think interesting about him as a director is that he's really good at coming up with a very simple conceit for a story, but mm-hmm. he likes to then make the like the plots and the characters really convoluted to sometimes lesser, sometimes more effect. I think this one may be a little more on the lesser side. Like the 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 chemistry and the charisma of the two leads in particular is really great, um, but it feels like the movie doesn't quite know what to do with its own premise. The whole idea is that. Cary Grant is a now retired cat burglar uh, living out in like the, the south of France in this you know, villa. Good life. Um, that someone comes around and starts uh, you know, stealing jewels in his traditional manner as the, this cat, the cat, his old fashioned um, like crime persona. And so he decides that since everyone that suspects it's him, that he's going to find and capture this, this new copycat. And, uh, I don't know. It's, okay. it's, a, it's a clever idea. It's maybe not perfectly executed. Um, it also definitely suffers from being made in, like I guess, what, the, like, the late 50s, early 60s, in that mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, really bad day-for-night shooting that happens, which can be a little bit distracting sometimes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, it's, you know, it's, it's a fun watch. It's on Amazon if you've got a little bit of free time. Eh, it might be worth checking out, especially if you haven't what's, seen... What's the title of this one again? To Catch a Thief on Amazon. Okay. So. Nice. But I think that uh, does it for us. So, James, thanks so much for joining us. This is incredibly fun. I'm sorry You're it took so long to finally I'm, have you on. 
I'm sorry it took so long to finish this episode of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, it was it was amazing having you come on and join. And uh, I know you've mentioned it before, but uh, just remind everyone again, where can everyone uh, find you and all the great stuff you guys do at Watchtower Database? Yeah, so you said it, youtube.com slash Watchtower Database. Um, also, you guys are now part of the Pod Tower. Yes. Uh, which I've noticed you didn't bring up the last two episodes. Um, but <laughs> well, we're uh, monsters. A, yes, I know. It's a it's the new it's our new second channel um, where we're posting uh, all of our live stream archives uh, that we do weekly, and then also your guys' episodes and DCAU review episodes, um, and all all the past episodes of our twelfth level intellects podcast. Um, and hopefully we will be, we keep saying this, like we've been saying this for like a year that we're going to bring the co- podcast back as 13th level intellects. Nice. Um, but first time we tried to do that, COVID got in the way of us actually being in person to do it. And so now we're just kind of like, it's basically up to me to decide when we're going to start to do it. Once I have enough baby time set aside, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, watchtower database, go find us. Go go like and watch every video and, yep, <laughs> and all then of subscribe. Them, yeah. uh, yes. Starting with the Dwayne McDuffie talk. Yes, and then go backwards. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, at on social media at DCAU Watchtower everywhere. Uh, that's it. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> yes. And, uh, Cameron, where can they find you? Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter on Instagram. If you want to see my face, you can find that at CamDexter underscore adventures. Uh, and then you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us as a podcast at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, YouTube. And as James mentioned, as part of the Pod Tower on YouTube, your go to place for all <laughs> things DC Animated Universe, where you can find yeah, our man. show and uh, also, let's be honest, better shows than ours there as well. <laughs> uh, yes. But James, thanks again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, Thank thanks you. for listening, everybody. Uh, bye. Bye. It's so out of tune every time. Yeah. (laughs)